listen to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast because Rod and Karen are hot. I'll let you know if we, uh, to all the, li- oh God. <laughs> <laughs> oh my bad. Uh, I'm reading the fucking intro like to, to state your name. <laughs> he's one big block and I'm like, that Skype? Biggie didn't talk about Skype. <laughs> uh, you want me to start, count you down again? Yes, please. All right. I, all right. In three, Two. To all the ladies in the place with style and grace, allow me to lace these lyrical douches in your bushes with who rocks grooves and makes moves with all the mommies. The back of the club, sipping my wet is where you find me. The back of the club, macking holes, my crew's behind me. Mad question asking, blunt passing, music blasting, but I just can't quit because one of these honeys biggies got to creep with. He read maliciously, hey! <laughs> Welcome to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast, your host Rod and Karen, and we're in the house on a Monday, mm-hmm. getting your week started off right, guys, right mm-hmm. here with the Black Guy Who Tips, live on Crowdcast, you can always check us out, um, you know, live and see us uh, with the setup and the new studio and the uh, decorations and all that stuff, and mm-hmm. uh, get in some of this racism so you can guess the race. Um and whenever you hear these biggie lyrics starting the show i feel like you already know who it is but i will uh the man who needs no introduction but i'll give him one anyway it's my man jl covan from the righteous prick podcast what's going on jl oh a lot nothing Mm. uh thank you for having me as always i i very much appreciate this well i feel like it is a lot going on i mean it's a very big day for you man and uh we want to help make it the biggest day Mm -hmm. uh can you tell the folks uh what they need to do to 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 help you out over here yes um my new album is out israeli tortoise uh very proud of it chris lambert you'll hear his voice introducing me on track one um but if i was i was gonna i was gonna have like tomorrow be the official release but because i have so many different places kind of you know your podcast now and it's live and then some other places kind of announcing it and tweeting about it tomorrow that i figured you know what let me just start the momentum now so that's why i kind of announced that it was ready to go but yeah it's my new stand-up album Uh, a lot of work went into it a lot of stress and obviously not to not to play the what was me card but obviously as somebody who's an independent comedian you know no management no agent i self-produced the album like my other four it'd be nice to get kind of a groundswell and as much support behind it in these next in the next like 24 hours because that will help me you know the itunes charts are somewhat easy to manipulate so if i can really get a critical mass in the next 12 to 24 hours of people going to itunes buying it giving it a review if, if people who are at the show who don't want to buy it or are like well i already heard it even just giving a five-star review in this period will help but obviously i'd love it if people would do both uh, yeah. but i'm very proud of it and if you've heard any i mean obviously your fans have heard me on the show some have seen me live but um if you've heard any of my albums this is you know very much in keeping with the the quality and tone of my other albums well also that it's um only 9.99 on itunes right now um and uh you posted a link on your facebook page and it lets you listen to like 30 seconds of each track or whatever and sound quality wise i mean this shit sounds so good man like um 
i think a lot of times people hear independent people hear uh oh i did this myself and then the assumption is that it's gonna be some shit you know (laughs) and and this sounds so good i'm just like okay uh jail just wrap this up send it to uh, comedy central presents and uh you know they can uh, get paid for doing absolutely nothing uh that's that's, uh juan the guy who did the recording for me he's the guy who does all the sound work on my sketch videos except you know the ones that are obviously done in my apartment by me (laughs) right yeah it sounds Uh, it sounds great man and uh yeah yeah, i can't great job i can't wait to uh to buy it um now uh Mm -hmm. to the best time to buy is it like if people are listening live right now should they go buy it right now or do you prefer that they buy it on tuesday um it's it's tough to say because like right now I just looked and it was like 31 on the comedy charts mm. and that's before you know I haven't had you promoting it yet I haven't had Corolla promoting it um, I told a lot of my people to buy it on Tuesday so I, if I if I had the strength to just be like everybody at 10:30 a.m. tomorrow Eastern time buy it I would do that like right. but I just say you know what buy it just within the next day because i don't i don't have that kind of strength to be like you know i'm not malcolm x putting up the hand and then pointing everybody <laughs> to itunes at 10 30 no comedian should have that much power <laughs> um, so you know i just you know if people you know they can buy they can buy it now it's it's out there um so i would just say i just like people to buy it by lunch tomorrow all right. Well, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, then I can, can kind of check at, at at noon and be like, oh, number three or number one hundred and ninety seven or whatever. Well, I'll definitely be in that number of people buying it uh, mm-hmm. for myself, man. I bought albums of yours in the past, and mm-hmm. uh, each time been blown away by the quality and uh, the craftsmanship, man. Um, you know, we've seen you in person before performing. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, worth every dollar, man. It so is. I feel like. People should get out here and, and support good work, you know, and mm-hmm. support people that are out here, uh, especially people trying to do it on their own. Like we don't have the apparatus and the structure behind us uh, to uh, solidify like the failures. Like it's one thing to solidify the, the like solidifying success or something going viral or whatever. That's one thing, but mm-hmm. uh, that's not really what uh, why people um, who are incorporated into these bigger entities. That's not really why they succeed. It's more that that when they do have something that's not as good or they do have something that they worked a lot of time on it doesn't go viral th- there's no th- there's always a tomorrow there's always another thing they can just right. do the next day and i think um people take that stuff for granted you know mm-hmm. because we especially when you do good quality work your work folds into other good quality work mm-hmm. and in their minds it never they never make the connection that oh wait one of these things could go away and this other thing is kind of like you know like comedy central is here to stay uh you know uh, louis ck is here to stay uh but if your stand-up sounds as good as louis or is as professionally done as much craftsmanship put into it the association is just like well yeah jl whether i buy this or not he'll be around it's like not not really man go support these people Mm -hmm. and it's it's one of those things i almost treat it like a pledge drive except you get something for it. It's not like I'm saying donate 50 and get a tote bag. (laughs) If you give me 10 bucks, which is what 90% of comedy albums cost, you get the comedy album, and then this money all just goes right back into me trying to build up whatever the hell I'm trying to do. You know, so it's like 
it'd be great to be like, oh, I sold 500 copies or a thousand copies. I, I probably won't even get to that level, at least not in this initial push. But anybody out there who likes what I do and thinks of it, you know, I like to think of it as like, some people say, hey, donate to this if you like what I do, and that's cool, and, and people need to need to do that. But for me, it's like, don't even think of it as donating. It's like, the album's worth it, and you help me make all these videos that cost me money, produce the podcast, which, you know, I don't get any money for, et cetera, et cetera. Help me go on road gigs where I barely, you know, make any money. So it's like, it's it's all just helping all of that. If you like any of that, then this is your chance to sort of be like, all right, my my ten bucks, my nine ninety nine goes to continuing that for another year, unless and, you hate what I do and it's like <laughs> I need to stop. I need to stop this right away. And how how many albums is this for you? This is five, five, fifth album. And, All right. And the thing is, there's I had a Mike Payne who's been, you know he's been on my podcast a lot. I was talking to him off air, and he said, and I said to him, I was like, I know what people think, Fry. They're like, oh, who's Jay, who's he to have? this many at like that's stupid because he's a nobody and mike payne said to me he said yeah i would probably think the same thing except i know your material and i know your writing and i know your skills so it's like to somebody they might hear like this nobody that that just sounds like a dude who's producing like anytime he has a joke he just puts it on an album and it's like no but i will put my last three albums in the last five years i did too big to fail keep my enemies closer and now israeli tortoise and i will put and this is one of those things I'm wary of because I'm always sounding like my own hype man. But you have to when you don't have PR or a company or a label. Mm-hmm. I'll put those three albums in five years up against – you take any one of those albums and put it up against any of these kind of industry darlings who make an album every seven years. Like I'm talking about my peers, like the, the 10 to 12-year people who are trying to break through to that next level. Mm-hmm. Some of them you see on TV a lot and they're like – they just – they can't – compete with that volume of material and i'll put any one of my three albums in the last five years against their eight-year project so you know i don't know i just it's it's like at some point i'm hoping that that i break through and i break through big because i've got more than more than enough skill and and material and you know louis ck puts three albums in five years and it's he's a fucking god Right. And I'll put my st- I will put my stuff up next to his. And I'm, I know that sounds like arrogant and not worthy, but I don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I'll but I don't. Against, yeah. I'll put these three albums against his his last five years. Yeah, I don't know why you had to pull your punches on that anyway. Um, you know, it's not like a threat to him that you know right. you think you're good. Like, what the fuck? Like, you you out here <laughs> getting right. on stage feeling like you put in some work and you're worth right. something? If you don't think you're the best, why even go out on stage? Like, well, shit, I quit. I think I'm the best podcaster in the world. <laughs> um, right. All right. And also, um, I was going to ask, like, is there anything different about doing it a fifth time? Like, is there, are there different challenges than the first time you did it? Um, well, the, the funny thing is I have a, tr- I have more trouble getting people because some of my friends have, you know, have families and like, like when my first album, which is my worst, cause I'll, the first album is like fun and has like good material, but it's, it's a rough product because it was like I was just like well I have an hour of material so now let me do an album but there was no really consistent theme to it but it was fun because I did a lot of impressions and stuff so it's like people could listen to that and be like oh it's fun it's not there's nothing genius about or anything but there's some good bits and there's some funny impressions so but from the, the second album to this one 
it's like people, the enthusiasm, because the first two albums, it was like all my friends were like, oh, let's go, let's go. And now it's at that point where I have a few fans, a few friends, but and I have to like cobble them together because now I'm at that level where I feel like I should have broken through and have a bigger fan base to where mm. I can just be like, oh, I'm headlining Helium and Philly for the next three nights. We're going to tape all those shows, but I'm not – my career isn't where my skills are. So and, and I you're... end up having to cobble together like some friends right. and some fans and some coworkers and be like, everybody come in. And then you just, and then it doesn't matter for an album because it's like what you hear is what you hear. It doesn't right. matter where I was or, or who was there. You hear the finished product. And you're at that point too, where it's not a novelty to those people anymore. Like, you know right. what I mean? Where it's like you, when you start, you just kind of like your friends are like, Oh, let's, let's all kind of contribute to this cool thing that you're doing. Right. But after you've done so, anything, it yeah, doesn't matter. Yeah, they was like, you want to do this for a living? I got to go again. <laughs> yeah, you got to, like, it, right. you could be a fucking NBA player. 12 years in is not as important to go to every yeah, game. Yeah, your kids you know? are like, you know what, Daddy? I'd rather go to Lollapalooza. Yeah, like my cousin right. Anthony's in the NBA, and it's like whenever he comes to town, the first, you know, his rookie year especially, uh, we used to go, we we come out and we bring the whole family out and just fucking buy a row of seats and we're going crazy. Yeah. He might play five minutes and we're just like fucking crazy for that five minutes. And now it's like, uh, it plays for the Thunder and he'll play like 20 minutes and we'll just kind of be like, oh, Anthony had a good game last night. Did you go? Nah, that's, oh, that's some, so depressing. <laughs> that's some shit to do, you know, I mean, it's, it's no, but I understand. <laughs> yeah. But my my thing also, and I've said this on my podcast in some of my angrier moments, is that it's funny because friends of mine who have a lot of shit going on mm -hmm. support how they can. That may not always mean going to the gig, but that might mean buying the album or listening to the mm -hmm. podcast. But it's always – it's like a lot of my friends who have a lot of shit going on want to support people who have shit going on right, right. and then my friends especially like friends that i've known my whole life and and like faded away and it was like they weren't doing any they was like they either couldn't relate or didn't appreciate mm. what it was or didn't feel good about their own shit right. and it was like they kind of faded away and they're the ones where you're like you know you're not doing shit yeah like you know i once had a friend who went to a like still a very close friend so i don't you know i tell it jokingly and lovingly but once went to a bar next door to a bar where i was performing <laughs> and i was just like you can't drink a fucking beer here yeah well then you'll be there and it'll fuck everything up now i gotta pay attention and laugh yeah, at things I didn't come for the jokes oh man but then there's the same there's the same friend who whenever i'm uh if he's talking to a chick at a bar loves to loves to to wedge me in as a comedian like i'm mm. gonna become an interesting topic of conversation mm. and i'm like don't do that don't i don't believe me nobody wants to hear me talk about comedy <laughs> <laughs> um so hey look go out and uh support the album it's called yes. israeli israeli tortoise uh it's out on itunes uh you know get it uh asap uh get it you know within the next day or so and uh let's see if we can move jl up the charts mm -hmm. so that right, uh, because corolla's people are going to tweet it tomorrow and, mm. and post about it and we all know that you guys pack way more you guys are like a like a like a middleweight mm -hmm. a lot of power per pound right whereas corolla's kind of like the, the lumbering heavyweight and if he connects he might knock you out but you might you might you guys might have already landed eight punches 
by the time his people have reared back right yeah he's like mike tyson <laughs> and we're like the dude with that star punch and uh and knock out you got his select uh but uh yeah man so make sure you guys uh make sure you guys do that man um uh you know an israeli tortoise it's it's my fat it's my feminist anthem it's about time you know this is your it's lemonade it, it actually is a very bizarre tribute to women that title because i compare just as background to anybody listening it's basically i compare women to both the country of Israel in that they sort of act normal despite being surrounded by danger at all time. Oh, and they're like the tortoise in that men have it easy for a while. And then at the end of the race of life, women just walk by our dead bodies. to the finish. <laughs> <laughs> so I combined it into Israeli tortoise. So. Uh, that's, that's dope, man. I was going to ask you what the name was, but then I was like, I'm going to listen and find out anyway. But that's, that's it's a up. very detailed bit, but that's the, that's the summary. You know, speaking of summer, uh, let's talk about movies. Uh, did you see Suicide did. Squad? I did. What'd you think? <sighs> what my thing with with DC, and you know me, I'm not a I'm I'm a movie guy, not a comic guy. Right. So I like good movies, and I don't like bad movies. It right. has nothing to do with source material, or but it sometimes coincides with mm-hmm. what the you know the purists think, and. I feel that DC now looks, their movies reek of desperation. Like they are in such a hurry to catch up to the Avengers. Like they jam these like seven backstories into like 25 minutes. Um, uh, the, the Joker, I was secretly very happy or maybe not so secretly that I just thought Jared Leto's performance was, was a nothing. Mm. It was a lot of, it was a lot of makeup and a lot of like showmanship of bullshit. Um, but they, it's, I laughed at a couple of lines. Um, but I thought the effects of the enchantress, like that end scene looked like something out of the mid eighties. It was like terrible effects. Yeah. Well, you know what? I thought the special effects in the, throughout the movie looked pretty good, but that jerking shit she was doing, that was supposed to be her like sorcery or whatever. It looked really bad. Like she needed to watch like Rihanna's work video or something. Ah! before trying to pull that shit off because like she was just like jerking her little like jerking her body all around and shit and it was just like i don't this feel like you said it felt cheesy like something out of the 80s um the the thing that um the the thing about it for me that was so weird was i think individually i enjoyed a lot of people's performances yeah i just thought the story was just just really bad i think the writing was the word i think the writing which is why writing is so important to movies yeah i thought the writing was as bad both both in dialogue but more in like story structure like when the when the when the enchantress and once again this is somebody who doesn't know the backstory but i can obviously follow a movie enchantress just grabs a like a a statue off a shelf and goes brother right and like 30 (laughs) seconds later he's like building a weapon like you're building your weapon and i'm like what weapon right no weapon. explain this weapon like i'm sitting here i'm not i'm not asking you to like spell everything out like i'm a four-year-old but like you're do, you're just you're like rushing to the i was like wait this is the final bad guy i yeah. thought that was gonna be like the first test for the suicide squad right and then like 70 minutes later that's still the final villain I felt bad. Oh. I felt bad for all the people who review movies that couldn't 
like helped themselves and made some sort of like i saw suicide squad and i want to kill myself pun or you know a bunch of a bunch of stuff (laughs) like that that uh it's like uh in 2016 is inappropriate so how many people just had a first draft you know suicide joke and they're just like but seriously this movie uh is not good um i just thought it was okay man did you see the uh born movie no and that was one of those ones where i was on the fence because Mm -hmm. first of all this summer for me has been bad so like i'm not as excited like now i'm cautious when a new movie is coming out this summer like and when i saw that it was only in the 50s on rotten tomatoes Mm. i said that's a bad sign because i love the first three borns especially number two and number three yeah i thought were two of the best action movies ever and when this came out like in the 50s in rotten tomatoes i said woof because that's like a well-respected director matt damon's a big star so, but I, you, you, I, I saw a joke you posted, but I didn't know if you meant it. Like you said, I meant the, it. I meant it. Boring <laughs> it's, uh, it's Jason. Jason I Bourne said more, or something. I said Jason Bourne, more like Jason Boring. Uh, right. cause that motherfucker spent the, I, first of all, everyone knows my favorite movie genre of all time is impossible white man movies. Mm-hmm. I, like i i literally grade everything with a curve in impossible white man you don't even really have to be a good movie but oh, if, i need to i need to interrupt you on your behalf here yeah you listen to levitard right sometimes man they last week they went it might have been friday mm-hmm. or thursday they went on like an extended run <laughs> yeah on impossible women and they talked about it like it was their own thing or it was a widely <laughs> known thing but bomani gave you credit on their show like last year or two years ago right right yeah last year and they, now this is what happens <laughs> and this is how it gets to white people it gets it gets filtered through the light-skinned cuban community first <laughs> that's how they're gonna they're like money laundering the black idea right and then soon it's get, like skip bayless will be doing a special on the impossible white man movies well i'll say this great. for for the record i have no ill will or beef towards them uh discussing it and, funny uh, I didn't. I did. I, I did hear that I didn't get my credit and stuff, but I wasn't really worried about that. I, I don't really. No, and it wasn't like they were stiff. But you know what I mean. Yeah. It's like it feels like still too new a term to just now talk about it. Like it's a, like it's a uh, yeah. thing. Like, like everybody it's knows it's a thing. Yeah. Well, what's funny is uh, I still own ImpossibleWhiteMan dot com. Uh, and, oh. and <laughs> yeah, uh, which directs to our website. Um, uh, <laughs> and, and a page on the explanation on uh, my Impossible White Manifesto um but uh the other thing too is uh the uh they the thing that always kills me in the discussion is that everyone who talks about impossible white man movies fucks it up mm-hmm. like i like i care way less about getting credit and way more about people just being right taking it and being like well are there any impossible woman movies like that's not how this works no are there any impossible right. black man movies all impossible white man movies are a possible white man regardless of who stars in race, it race just gender we don't care yeah, it's a it's a genre of movie it can right. star a white woman it can star an asian dude it can star a black man it it literally doesn't matter who's starring it's just do you hit the same stupid ass tropes that every other impossible white man movie yeah. hits i like, think people can't grasp them their concept around it and all right. of a sudden everything has to be these subsections you go no 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 it don't matter it's all impossible white man. yeah um but anyway it doesn't bother me but um anyway i saw this movie and the problem is born doesn't get really impossible until the last like 30 minutes which uh, which leads you to like this hour and 20 minutes hour and a half of like a 
supposed spy thriller but we've seen him do everything that we see him do before except with way less kicking ass man like we don't get close quarters combat until the end we don't get like uh, any shootouts until the end like it's just like why the fuck did i have to wait this long for you guys to fuck up vegas and then like the last uh the last action set piece happens in vegas and it's such a loud explosive collateral damage like terrorist attack on a city that uh, that uh it, like it's and by terrorists it's not an actual terrorist attack but i'm saying if we in real life it would have been perceived as a terrorist attack like that uh, many people had to have died and uh, and it's like that doesn't fit with anything that happened in any of the other movies like all the other movies were these like well the american people will never know what happened here you know what i'm saying and this movie right. was just like fuck it blow up vegas bitch boom we blowing up casinos <laughs> we fucking driving through cars with with a fucking swat truck like shooting uh, like you know shotgun shootouts in the middle of the night in vegas and and you know in an age with cell phones and technology and social media it's just like oh you guys have lost the entire plot man i, I was so let down by that by that movie man and i know i was debating about going to see it but he i don't know he on my i don't know about you no more list because you know uh particularly that green light green room whatever he did i got in my feelings i took that shit personal i was i'm almost on a fuck you dude because i'm like nah well you called it right this time i didn't listen and i tried to give the white man a second chance and uh he was wrong uh all right let's talk oh, about oh well, before we go i don't mm-hmm. know if i should feel like that or not but I, that, I really do feel like that about that dude because i was like Mm-mm. and then he got that new movie coming in where he the white man savior don't y'all know we tired of the movies oh the movie the great wall yeah where he's the white only white dude in asia and they're gonna fight some monsters you know, you know what i think and i had this discussion and it's making me think about matt damon mm-hmm I've called Tom Cruise, and I'm not alone in this, but I've been very vocal in calling Tom Cruise the greatest movie star of all time. I think when you factor mm-hmm. in quality of movies, longevity of career, the fact that he's had hit movies in four different decades, the fact that he still looks like he's 39. Yes. The, and the fact that even when he's had scandal, Scientology, the shit when he was yelling at Brooke Shields about her antidepressants, he weathers that shit and just comes back with a new hit movie. Mm. And somebody said to me, they were like, it always, people always think I'm saying like he's the greatest actor of all time. I'm like, no, just the best movie star. Right. Good right. actor, but great movie star. And they said, could Matt Damon challenge him one day? Cause they were thinking about somebody who might, if they keep at it long enough. And I thought Matt Damon could have been on that pace. Yeah. Right. But, and then he did this movie that looks like The Last Samurai 2. And I was like, is he trying to copy, literally copy his career? Because that shit won't work anymore. You can't do. I wonder. You know, I'm wondering if Matt Damon has some money problems because he said something a long time ago that he wasn't going to do any more Bourne films, but he wouldn't rule it all the way out because he keep it in his back pocket if he ever needed some money. And then he did this film, and I'm like, man, maybe some of these uh, independent projects aren't turning out the way that he thought they were. You know, he's not. He's no Ben Affleck, man. Like, Ben is, uh, say what you want to think about Ben, but, uh, my man Ben, uh, consistently gets, uh, you know, awards, uh, praise and makes money at the box office. And Matt's had a couple, uh, you know, uh, critical failures and then a 
some critical successes that just didn't make a ton of money so i don't know he should have hopped on that uh dc train when he had a chance um oh they opened him apart uh yeah he's been over parts before um uh, for comic book characters and shit but he said he's he never done it before and he said he would do it for ben affleck who's gonna be directing the new batman movie but he said uh being casted himself as batman so now he don't want to do it uh, <laughs> that's not down the road i hope you know that right <laughs> it don't matter damon is kind of stuck because he's he's like in between DiCaprio and Tom Cruise in terms of his career. Like DiCaprio is just like, no, I'm going to be known as the great actor of my time because I just try to do high end quality, big directors, Oscar type movies. And Matt Damon's like, well, I can't beat him on that game. So I'm going to try and do the Tom Cruise game. Mm -hmm. But he's kind of, he's kind of slipping now. Cause think about how successful Matt Damon's been. Goodwill hunting was 98. So he's had a good run. Yeah. Now double his run, and that's Tom Cruise's career. Yeah. I mean, I like me some Matt Damon, but, you know, it's, uh, you know, even after his comments rubbed me the wrong way, like, I, I still kind of think he, he just fucked up as, as, as a white dude. It's just, it's like very hard to always say the right shit. Um, and he didn't know what the fuck he was talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh you know i was hoping that the at least the born movie could get him back on track but uh i don't know we'll see um all right we have other news too um speaking of uh speaking of comedy are you watching uh hbo's vice principles i am all right um what do you think about it i thought the pilot was great and i know you've posted you and i think chris also posted some articles about people finding the racial elements of the show mm-hmm. un- uncomfortable um i'm just finding a, my problem with the show is i think the last two episodes have been weird mm. do you know what i mean like like the drugs like I, the first episode cuz to me you can say depending on how you feel i when i say vice principles is just kenny powers if he never played baseball mm-hmm. now some people might say oh no he's got to do a different character and i go nope if he's mariano rivera threw one pitch for the yankees he only had one pitch and he's in he's going to be in the hall of fame danny mcbride has his like redneck arrogant dumbass thing and I felt like the first two episodes I was really liking, and then it just has started to to get a little weird to me. Okay, um, and Karen's not really even watching it. Uh, she's one of those people that uh, you know I hit play on something and she just walks out the room. Mm-hmm. Like uh. it's like like I don't even know what she goes to do in the other room. It just <laughs> it's just she gets up and walks out. Um, at any rate, um, I enjoy um, you know I enjoyed uh, Kenny Powers. And I enjoy uh, Vice Principals, um, but I think one of the issues people were having is that Vice Principals is basically about two white dudes in the middle of you know nowhere um, in the small town who think they're in line to be the next principal at this high school, and they both get passed over, and they get passed over for a black woman who's from Philly who comes in, and uh, Belinda Brown, you know, gets the job and um start you know and they basically start plotting against her and team up to try to like get her out of there so that they can compete for the principal job again um and within that construct of course this uh black woman belinda brown becomes like the foil or the uh 
the uh she's like the road runner to their wally coyote um and i love that element you know like this 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 super competent black woman who's you know capable of um coming in and running circles around these dudes even though they're just throwing the entire fucking everything at her um and she you know and and they don't make her like a a flawless perfect character she's like a hard ass she doesn't take any shit off anybody um and the watching basically uh danny mcbride and walton goggins who walton goggins is also uh this is my first time getting to see him just be funny Mm-hmm. Uh, which is something that I, I've always wanted to just see because I think he got to kind of do some of that with um, the Hateful Eight, right? But this is like the first time I've really seen him just kind of unleashed uh, on, on comedy and nothing else. He doesn't have to do any serious scenes yet or anything. Uh, and man, I, I'm just enjoying the banter between them. I keep wondering how much of this shit is scripted, how much of this shit they're just saying out the cuff. Right. Um, Danny McBride's ability to deliver very ridiculous statements with a straight face is unrivaled like i don't know i don't know how any everyone's not just breaking character and laughing every fucking scene some of the things like (laughs) like when they were going back and forth in like the second episode and he just calls uh lee's like sassy motherfucker (laughs) 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 i'm like how many times do they have to do that before he like didn't lose his shit um so anyway um the some of the backlash to it uh which and this is one of the things one of the ones i read I haven't read everything but one of the backlash things i read was the america is not does not need this right now oh two white men trying to take down a black woman in a time like this is just inappropriate and there's nothing funny about it you know with the rise of trump and all this other shit and black lives matter this, this is the wrong time and it was written by a white woman uh and it was just like right like what like it's like some overprotective bullshit you know what i mean um if anything and um the actress herself kimberly herbert uh gregory uh spoke about wrote a uh, talk it did an interview about this and it was written about in the vanity fair but to me i've always taken the subtext of the entire arc so far to be white male entitlement getting pushed against from you know a competent black woman that has always probably it, her entire existence has been people telling her she can't do shit right and 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 watching them basically uh spaz and freak the fuck out you know just like the you right. know obviously it's hyperbolic for comedy's sake right um but it's you know they're being ridiculous is essentially the the point of this and the joke to me is on them not on her at any point like she like right. the, she may do things that are funny or fucked up and you can laugh at it but the joke hasn't been these guys are right she needs to go and some of the subtle shit is uh in my opinion kind of brilliant it's almost like squidbillies like some of the subtle oh, okay. shit they're doing like the fact that they keep referring to her like she's like this huge overweight woman you know what i mean where they're just like her big old butt and you're like you know what <laughs> black women have to go through that shit like right. like right. the coded language of like they they're not gonna call it the n-word they're not gonna just come out and say it but you know just she went to berkeley yeah <laughs> and i'm affirmative on how she got in there right exactly oh. even, that's good that's a good one even the like b even the b sounds in her name and the way they emphasize big old belinda brown and shit like that 
it's so fucking good like i can't stop crying at just the laughing at how ridiculous it is because i think uh in a you know especially like in and you you probably can relate to this somewhere in the comedy world like white dudes can be the biggest fucking crybabies you know what i mean like where it's kind of like oh they're fans for shit that's not me well that's what's wrong with comedy you know what i mean like fuck comedy they got uh why why they gotta get a black dude to do that you know they just needed a black dude to do that it's not like he's funny or anything it's just like well you know maybe maybe you're not the best or maybe you just maybe there's a reason you got skipped over and it's not someone else's fault you know what i mean and i think that make being able to make that sort of joke and commentary within this vice principles storyline is actually really funny um so yeah she uh had basically said that um this is like a lot of black women's reality Mm -hmm. uh so she said i think episode four is that moment where she's like either you're gonna burn in the ashes or you're going to go or you're going to phoenix and this is her phoenix moment and that was when um they basically she had a whole lot of setbacks like they burned her house down guys like like i was laughing and i was like i think this is a hate crime like <laughs> I was like this is this is like this is like a hate crime. This shit escalated so fast. That Walton Goggins is like gonna be the villain villain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they've shown you that Danny McBride's character has the conscience. <laughs> yeah. Walton Goggins but has Walton none. Goggins, and I Walton Goggins just because Walton Goggins I think is just a sassy gay closeted gay dude. Mm-hmm. Like that's the way they're playing it. I was laughing with with my girlfriend because when when he his like kind of little Asian wife came in, I said, "That's been my theory." Right. And that's not me alone. But if you got some ironing board Asian chick, yeah, and you're wearing your silk pajama bottoms and talking like this, and how are you doing? It's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is your you're like close to a boy. You're trying to like have sex with kind of like a boy where society still calls you heterosexual i i will be interested to see where they take that what i thought was funny about it was um that he has this mother-in-law that he fucking hates and Mm -hmm. we learn in that scene that he gets his revenge by spitting in her drinks and shit (laughs) like and serving it to her with a smile and you just see how fucked up he is and how sinister he can be and and danny mcbride is whenever that side of uh lee comes out um neil gamby is always looking at him like the fuck is what if i like should i be working with this dude yeah (laughs) you can't do that motherfucker like uh, i love that shit um but um yeah so uh gregory goes on to say um that uh uh i've been fascinated by that response the one where it's like um this they shouldn't have a premise of a white guy's fighting (laughs) with a black woman over her job and she said i've been so fascinated by that response i feel like particularly as a woman of color being the only one in a space is not novel right competing against white men for something is not novel i've never looked at the show as racist i've just looked at it as okay that's how it is um she says uh while she specialized in theater in high school she's all also had a bachelor's in psychology and a master's in social work I have always had this interest in identity development. I did my thesis on racial identity development at a predominantly white institution. I was really digging deep into race and gender and gender identity. I wanted to go into tough neighborhoods and talk to people who may not see the benefit of mental health. I was like, I'm going to like save the world. While living in Chicago for her master's though, she was drawn back into theater and the rest is history. So like, this is also real life experience, not just like as an actress, but like, 
in these very white spaces where mm-hmm. she's become accomplished and i think that informs not just the character and the role but you know how like the reality of the story and i don't think you should not be able to have pick poke fun at something because it's a reality like that's actually right. why it's funny you know right. in my opinion um so yeah she um she also notes that uh putting a black female body in a space where people aren't necessarily used to seeing a woman of color can prompt a knee-jerk response i don't think we will respond in the exact same way if melissa mccarthy was the principal and they did the exact same thing to her as a nation as viewers and as an industry we have to be ready to accept black women specifically competing and maybe getting what appears to be attacked by white men that to me is casting equality um the other thing too was it this reminds me of this article that when um ryan coogler got the job to do black panther mm-hmm. this white woman wrote this really fucking like <laughs> overprotective like i i don't think he should take this job because he does such good independent films he should just kind of stick to that rather than to let corporate money and corporate america take over his thing with his budget and and all this uh creative control that you have to give up when you're working for marvel and i'm like so the end result is that no black people ever get money like the end result is still the same like now it's, it's almost it's almost requiring extra nobility yeah like he's he must maintain complete purity it's like he can't pat he can't go get a 20 million dollar paycheck as if, as if there's something not noble in the fact that a black person would get that check by the way like right. like oh that's no 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 that kind of money should only go to white people like right. come on that we don't right. want to taint you with this access to money and power keeping in mind you take that kind of money and you put it into things where you continue to make vehicles that you don't have to you don't have to kiss anybody's ass for after that um like uh even with marvel he's over there getting his people on michael b jordan's in this joint like tessa thompson got on with thor like you can't tell me ryan cooler's not wielding that influence of being on the inside and funneling that money to everybody but it's these really overprotective white people a lot of times women that come through and write this shit and you're like that's not the reality that we as black people experience at all and a lot of times at the bottom line what about me Mm. like like you literally take whatever it is spin it and make it about you right whatever it is it's about you nobody gave a fuck and nobody asked your opinion about this because it actually don't affect you at all right but you feel like you have to come in and you obligated to say something because the scenario is not about you it's also interesting too because i think white women have yet to really understand that their struggle while it is a struggle it is yes it is you know they still deal with shit Mm -hmm. they deal with a different type of struggle than other people right so it's like your struggle is like i don't want to be i don't want to be sexualized like why you gotta look at my titties y'all been looking my titties for years and then there's some people who struggle is like y'all never consider me a sexual creature you guys think i'm a fucking like i might as well be invisible out here it's just different people have different struggles and you can't just address everything with a broad brush but anyway i thought that controversy was uh as a comedy thing was pretty interesting um, I think my, my sixth album is going to be called Woke White Women. WWW. <laughs> Some white woman's going to have that before you get to uh, it. Sometimes <laughs> they can be the most annoying people on earth. Oh, man. It really is. <laughs> Even like, when it's not something as big as like I'm staying, just 
when you read between the lines. And I, I like sometimes I can't help it, but I'll see some comment on Facebook that's right. like, I, I can't help it. I roll my eyes, even right. if it's something like on point. I you ag- do like you agree. Roll. Like when yeah. are we gonna protect our black brothers? It's like, oh boy. Yeah. Well, you know what? <laughs> even what though you... I know, even though I know there's nothing wrong with what they're right. saying, I'm just like. Something I don't know why this just kind of annoys me a little bit. That well is uh, I think that's just how society is too. Because like there's times where I'm just like, yo, what, what? Like I read an article and I'm like, yo, what? What is going on with this this gay issue or this per- where they're like per- persecuting this person or whatever? It's so fucked up and you know, or like, like I live in North Carolina. I don't know any trans people in person in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Like my living, I mean, and that's not really saying much we don't even know the numbers on how many people are and it's not the census or anything but like but i do know that it feels wrong to tell somebody you can't just fucking use the bathroom for the gender you identify as um and and i say this on the album so i yeah pardon me for jumping in but it's because it's what's what's kind of unfortunate about that is that the law was a blatant attempt to basically say f you right yeah this wasn't a problem, but mm, it became nope. an issue nationally. So you decide we're going to let them know whatever you've been doing that hasn't been a problem. We just want to let you know we don't like you. And even the opposition to it is such hyperbolic lies. Like it's here's a dude wearing a thong with his dick out looking at a child sucking on an ice cream cone. You want to let him in the cover, man. <laughs> And it's on the bottom. It says Israeli tortoise, and nah, but <laughs> but, I'm not, but but it's like you know you're gonna let him in the bathroom with your daughter or whatever the fuck. And it's just like you like you can't even win on the issue. Like you couldn't even tell the truth of what's happening and win with that. Like you couldn't take a picture of um you know a, a person who is passing quote unquote uh whatever their gender identity is and be like you can't let this person in the bathroom look at you you're gonna let laverne cox in the bathroom with a little girl because people would be like yes what would be wrong with that you know what i mean like most people would just go uh i like it would actually look weird to me to see laverne cox walking into a male bathroom but that's the reality of what they're actually talking about but not the reality of what they're you know telling everybody on these memes and shit um so yeah i'm sure there's some people that see me talking about that and they roll their eyes or they feel like a little bit uh whatever like this motherfucker again or something but um yeah that's just the cost of it there's always gonna be animosity even from people within the group that are like i don't want you talking about this shit the problem to me is more when people don't listen and they have decided that this is the way things are when it when there's so many people out here who are already speaking for themselves that you could be listening to and like signal boosting or you know telling you know like here's an article from the perspective of somebody that's going through this shit and this is why it's wrong you know um at any rate you know it's it's a difference between like advocacy and centering yourself in the middle of somebody's cause i think that's the difference um when that here i have a question for you because i'm actually at the end of the month i'm going to be back at that club in raleigh Mm. and i'm thinking you know that gig doesn't pay it's a fun gig and it doesn't pay a lot of money yeah so what if I start protesting like I'm not going to do my feature set because <laughs> of the law like that? I will get like a million dollars worth of PR 
for giving up a you know five hundred dollar gig. Well, this is my theory for um, if I was an NBA player. Um, oh, well, Carmelo, I was because have you mentioned this about Carmelo Anthony also? I don't know if it was about Melo, but we read okay. an article that was about you know people saying the Black Lives Matter thing, and I think it was right after they did a speech at the uh-huh. SVs, and I was like, if I was any of those dudes, it like especially like LeBron, Chris Paul, like the guys who have gotten the gold already they do not want to go to the shit show that is rio just just lie and be like i'm not going until all black lives matter and you'll get all the fucking credit people will be like that dude is so brave he's taking us he's the new muhammad ali that dude took a stand in an unpopular time and really you're just like at home resting your knees and shit but, right. but you sound uh, you sound I think so I really good. Tweeted that when you tweeted it or yeah. something. <laughs> you got to do it, right? You got to do it. I don't know how I you did. don't do it. Uh. Well, Mello. See, my thing is with Mello, I feel like he's like I'm never gonna win a title. <laughs> um. So now I'm trying Aww. to carve out all the other Hall of Fame parts. Like I'm gonna become an activist. Now, this motherfucker isn't doing anything. I mean, he may be doing some things on the side. I don't know. I can't speak, like, what he actually is doing. But I love how they everybody was like, maybe they'll take a stand at Rio when they win the gold. And he already – I tweeted an article today from the mm-hmm. Daily News where he was like, no, I'm thinking we need – he said, I think we need to bring people together, not oh. separate. And I was like, oh, this dude's going to wear an All Lives Matter shirt on the gold stand. How quickly he's going to go from, like – you know getting because he's getting all this credit like he's gonna end up winning like 10 he's just gonna keep doing the olympics every four years so that like when he retires they're like he's the only guy with five gold medals (laughs) that's kind of like a title right no those don't count like a title i have more gold medals than michael jordan so i guess i belong in the conversation oh that's so that's so fucked up we need to do something about black lives being cut short yeah hey now i didn't do anything about it but i said (laughs) i said it i brought it up i'm an activist and an olympian the most decorated male basketball olympian of all time where's my hall of fame plaque with my zero finals appearances i really just wish i could have been in the room when uh michael jordan heard him say it's about time uh, when he was referring to Jordan's activism, and Melo was like, "Yeah, I just feel like it's about time." And uh, I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> oh, I wish I could have been sitting with Mike, sipping on some vodka or some shit, uh, and watching his face curl up at that at that mirror at the at the implication that any NBA player was better than him at something. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, also speaking of the Olympics, Leslie Jones has been on. Uh, twitter posting videos of her reactions to every sport like rocking like the all uh, red white and blue outfit uh, draped herself in the flag oh yeah just cheering for the olympics which is kind of uh, amazing because you know it wasn't too long she was almost driven off of twitter right and um so she's been like you know usa usa all day and so um she got invited to rio by nbc um to actually do some uh you know some coverage of the events which is i think uh, i see one or two of them and she'd be so excited i mean like you can tell she she has a joy and it comes across in her little snippets that she put out there yeah um yeah she like here's one where um it was a swimming and it was for uh 
I think the backstroke competition. Uh, let me see if I can. Ah, looking for that good stuff. Da, 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 da. Why don't you tighten up on that backstroke? Go <laughs> USA. Oh, did you, uh, could you put it on a share screen? Oh, well, that one's not even her. It's just her. It's just, it's just the event she's talking. Like, oh, it's okay. not, it's not her looking in the camera right. doing anything. She just plays the event and then she does like the audio oh, okay. and celebrates and whatnot. Um, you know, which is interesting because, um, it's twofold. One, the Olympics has a lot more viewership, um, than a lot of sporting events. True. Like, I want to say it hit 37 million people or something Sunday. Mm-hmm. A lot of people watch it. Yeah, and uh, particularly a lot of women watch it. Yes, they do. And it's one of the few events where women get to be involved and celebrate it. And they dominate, like, for the first time. You do women and men, but, like, you can actually see women's volleyball, women's gymnastics, women's tennis. And it's one of the few times where women can be praised. And you're still going to have fuck people, but... They can just enjoy themselves without people coming and just poo-pooing on their party just because. When you're on the screen. Right. I mean, it's not, and unlike, and it's an event, like it's celebrated, unlike, um, say the WNBA where it, it like, it almost has to become Ooh. a... Oh, wait, I'm sorry. I thought that was my cue. <laughs> oh, no, no, not, not yet, Dale, not yet. Uh, where it becomes like a, uh, a cause. True. Like the only people watching the NBA are people who truly enjoy it. Or you're like, I'm going to prove something to people at this point. Like, it's like there's no real in-between because it's not celebrated as an event. It's not really given the the rah-rah-rah of me, a lot of men's sporting events, which is like – because, like, there's so many people that don't watch football, but they watch the Super Bowl. True. Because it's an event, you know. There's so it's many people event. I know that don't know shit about college basketball. Mm-mm. They still fill out a tournament bracket, they and they still go take the day off and watch the bar – go to the All bar right. and watch March Madness. They're excited about the weekend. Yeah, like – uh in the world cup there's so many people that don't fucking know or care that much about soccer i'm one of them yeah no offense to people that do mm-hmm. I'm, I'm one of them but the world cup comes around it's like i put up put on my fucking uncle sam hat mm-hmm. and i get my flag patriotism, out as as Lebatard said man patriotism plus sports mm-hmm. is like yeah. a unique combination and yeah and then when you add on top of that the fact that we have um like women being represented in it too it just adds it compounds to the thing so i think leslie much like most of my timeline you know and i follow a lot of women and stuff that a lot of black women that you know hey simone bowles is competing in gymnastics it's Mm -hmm. 11 o'clock on a sunday your timeline i'm dropping what i'm doing and i'm fucking watching that shit um and you and and you can't really like take that away from people and Mm -hmm. i think that she's going through the same unbridled joy as everybody else mm-hmm. and she's kind of getting rewarded for it via social media and all the people retweeting and all the people that uh have enjoyed it and now she's going to rio for her, so um uh, more power Gymnastics to her is tough for me mm-hmm. because i'm amazed i mean men and women but obviously the women i just what they've managed to do with their bodies at a young age in terms of just they turn into like action heroes like little four foot eleven action heroes mm-hmm. and also i have a problem because now it used to be safe it'd be like some 16 year old built like an 11 year old but now you got these like 19 year olds and you can see the breasts are being like repressed but they're still starting to come <laughs> mm-hmm. but yet they have these super muscular toned bodies and they're doing all- and then i start going please t- okay she's 20 good yeah because i start feeling like, <laughs> yeah, like- I'm a child and why is this child so hot oh good this child is actually a woman and right. she's 20 then why does she look like like a built up 16 year old yeah it's like it's, it's very like, it's like a lot of 
just I feel you going. Are you aged out? I like know. I don't understand this, con- this yeah, concept. Yeah, there was a picture of uh, Gabby with her uh, boyfriend, and her boyfriend's a Brazilian dude who's twenty two. He's like a gymnast as well, or uh, I think he's a gymnast. Uh, but anyway, he's that's her boyfriend and like i just posted the article it was like oh this is gabby's boyfriend and they're together and they look so cute you know that was basically what the article was within two or three comments uh one lady was like so um i just want to know how old is she because he's 22 and then someone had to come through and be like she's 19 she's like okay all right okay, 19 yeah, 22 because it, right. it's like the assumption is almost like what is she like a 16 year old gymnast or something <laughs> like we don't really know the rules the shit only comes up once every four years we don't know if they growth is stunning <laughs> i have no idea what's happening right <laughs> but it is it is interesting because uh the age thing matters um and then uh they have one gymnast that was 41 years old out there um going and i want to say this is like her like seventh olympics or some shit 41 and she's still that flexible like goddamn like i mean the dedication is a dedication i mean their body is their tool brazil her talents will be utilized in brazil yeah Ah. (laughs) uh well also their their like their body is their that's their their tool like right so they constantly their bodies do look a certain way their bodies will i mean you do anything enough i mean we don't question when uh i mean we do but when 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 fucking um uh mark mcguire was walking around looking like uh he-man action figure (laughs) we just we we didn't start questioning like well what are the long-term effects on like will he be able to get a woman or anything like what is gonna what happens with his uh with his penis you know like we were we didn't start questioning that kind of shit until it was like steroids you know what i mean but but we don't really give a fuck when it comes to dudes doing it so um but yeah it is uh it has been interesting to see and uh yeah her unbridled enthusiasm as now, i don't know how i don't know if nbc watched the videos because i feel like they're gonna have to take a lot of the cussing out <laughs> like i don't know how many of these videos they watched but it was a lot of like come on motherfucker you got you because <laughs> it's still leslie jones <laughs> you can have her across your airs this this leslie jones shit has been amazing to me for everyone that didn't follow her career for the last you know 20 years or however long like she's hilarious you know she's like 48 49 or something but for most people she's coming to being in their minds in like the last six months so to them it's like we can put a lot of pressure on her and make her change herself and dial it down and not just like right. she's like bitch i'm grown what are y'all talking about i've been doing this for a long time yeah and i'm not gonna change i'm gonna be here yep ain't going nowhere all right um let's see what else i I had to keep quiet like see because i like leslie jones but i didn't like lady ghostbusters Mm, yeah so i just stayed out of everything because i didn't want to once that hole blew up because i was getting a lot of hits on my review Mm -hmm. which goes to show you people can act like jo you're too negative and then when they think i'm putting up a review where i'm gonna bash something the clicks go up so it's like Ah! the market is telling me they like it when i hate well that's true that well also though how many of those clicks are just from the same people who made Ghostbusters trailer the worst voted trailer on YouTube? Right. Yeah. Like you might have you might have hit right. an intersection there of like MRA assholes who are like, ah! "Who another bro hating on these fucking bitches and their Ghostbusting equipment?" And then like Although, they listen to like one, though, mm-hmm. other than Quentin Tarantino movies though, the biggest movie review I had in terms of hits was 
Trainwreck, the Amy Schumer movie, mm-hmm. because all these people in comedy were like, oh, I'm afraid to say anything, but I bet JL fucking shit all over <laughs> it. <laughs> and I didn't. I said I liked it. So I'm sure people were like, fuck Aww, that, man. I am disappointed in you. Because you did a bringer show with her eight years ago. Yeah. Kissing ass. Uh, corporate um, corporate shield, JL. I had to like stop. I was going to share the review. And then when the shift came out with her, I was like, I'm just going to have to take an L on this one. <laughs> I don't want to have to be like associated with that because I, I didn't like the movie. So I was like, it's okay. Okay. We'll stop sharing the review because I don't want all that garbage like kind of touching my non-insulting mm. Leslie Jones review. Right. So. Well, what's funny is that I've had um, uh, I've had a, I'm the opposite where I like shit. And sometimes people come down on it so hard. I'm just like, I'm not even gonna tell anybody I like this. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like it's gonna uh, be a problem. You know, I like Vice Principals. I like Leslie Jones. I like, uh, you know, um, what you know. I like, I like uh, certain people stand up and shit. Or I, you know, like I now because I do like this thing, and people are like, I don't like this. It's problematic or it's terrible. Sometimes I'll just be like, I'm not even gonna fucking talk about that i like this you know like i like i don't watch it anymore because it's just been too long but i like tosh.0 uh first two or three seasons like i thought it was really yeah. funny but at the same time i don't want to fucking argue about it like right. i like i don't know what can be gained from arguing over subjective shit like what's funny and what's right. not uh because nobody ever changes their minds like no one's ever presented me anything that made me go and now this thing that i thought was good is not entertaining to me anymore you know, like I listen to you and Josh Homer go in on Key and Peele, uh show and, and it like pr- added a perspective that I hadn't thought about with the show. Yeah. And even right. still, I was like, yeah, I'm going to be watching next season because the shit was funny to me. Like, I don't I can't make it not funny, you know. Yeah. And the same way, I can't make it funny to you. Like, there's nothing I can say to be like, now, JL, it's going to be good now that I told you <laughs> I like it. He's like, no, it's not. I fucking don't like that shit. Um, uh, uh, speaking of. Oh, by the way, quick yeah. update. My album is up to 27 on the comedy chart. Already. So for tomorrow's boost. So mm-hmm. good job, people. Whoever, whoever the nine people who bought it in the last, you know, hour are. That's what I'm talking Woo-hoo, about, dog. That Get bump. that bump. Get that bump. Um, Rebel Wilson, comedian, as JL would call her. Comedian, as I would call her. Um, Rebel Wilson uh got in some trouble on social media guys a stupid question who is this uh she is a comedian and actress uh big blonde uh new zealand or australian woman she was in uh pitch perfect Mm -hmm. Um, okay karen hasn't seen any of her movies i guarantee that uh here's her picture i'll put it on the screen for you karen that's rebel wilson you probably don't know her from anything because you wouldn't watch karen just sees two white people on screen and walks out like that's pretty much (laughs) karen's entire viewing of anything like anything you name that had more than like two white people in it she ain't watched it y'all um <laughs> like even uh, it doesn't matter how acclaimed it is the wire breaking bad fucking like <laughs> anything any anytime i put something on it's got two white people in it she's like oh two white people talking to each other so i ain't gotta watch this <laughs> <laughs> that's my bias on some shit i'm sorry y'all my world outside of this is extremely white so i was like you know what i get to pick and choose my fucking entertainment i don't want to deal with it yeah people wonder how i'm able to just like not argue about entertainment all the time that's how i can't convince karen how i'm gonna convince you stranger on the internet 
um <laughs> so uh rebel wilson uh got in trouble because she went on twitter to air her frustrations out about her single life now she recently said she broke up with her boyfriend because she needs to pursue her career and he was messing up her focus okay so she's single by choice according to her all right so she went on twitter and said why do guys always go for those bikini clad vapid skanks and not the smart successful australian girls with two question marks and her 2.6 million followers uh had to let her know that that was a uh, pretty slut shaming that's pretty bad uh, yeah yeah jl your favorite <laughs> word mm-hmm. um is this where i offer my opinion <laughs> yeah uh, i mean do you want to hear the comments first that the people wrote in sure, or you just sure, sure. okay all right so uh one person said why do girls feel the need to slut shame others it's not nice rebel uh, another person said calling other women skanks isn't cool rebel be better than slut shaming uh, a person said slut shaming and being body negative to another group of girls isn't going to change anything come on uh, another person said so much for for the sisterhood uh so uh go ahead jay what were you gonna say man well this this comes off nicely from my new segment moment of winter on my <laughs> podcast where i talk about ariel winter the very busty a uh, girl from Modern Family who anytime some bro says they want to bang her, she starts calling that slut shaming and body shaming. Like she just likes to throw the terms out mm-hmm. like, hey, that dress is very revealing of your breasts at your, you know, sister's wedding. It's like, don't body shame me. <laughs> um, I feel like that's people like Rebel Wilson. First off, I don't know if she's hurt, like if her feelings are hurt, if her boyfriend is like, you know, seeing some trashy chick mm. or who might appear trashy or something but obviously there's a little bit of a joke in it when she goes why won't they go for the smart sexy australian women right so it's already like half a joke there right i thought it was it to me it sounded like it it was a joke and that in 2010 you could put that on twitter and right. you'd probably be okay but sensibilities have changed and this this is one of those things that i read and and i'm i don't want to sound like corolla Mm -hmm. but it's what this is the kind of can you at least do it in his can you at least do it in his in his voice if you're gonna sound like (laughs) oh now this is where everybody just has to say they're a fucking victim (laughs) you know oh i'm sorry you're a hot chick in a bikini has life been so bad for you so now you've got to go on twitter (laughs) and pretend to be a victim fuck off (laughs) Um, but right like it feels like that it's like she's not calling out anyone individually like she's Mm. not like saying you skank look at how you're dressed we all kind of know what she's saying and implied in that is not an idea of like body shame it's like she's literally talking about women who obviously look physically better than her right so like the idea of saying that that's shaming is a real stretch of the word shame Mm -hmm. and i think if we're all honest with ourselves we all know the chick who puts on a low top smashes the titties into the profile pic and like takes the selfie and then makes like some lame joke and expects the likes to come in for the joke and not the tits Mm -hmm. come on like, this I, is one of those things where, like, if mm. you want to, like, ignore reality, you can pretend to be hurt. Yeah. But, like, were any of these people commenting really, like, feeling offended? Or were they just kind of like, she said some words that, you know, if she was talking about an individual woman, mm. 
I could get that. But as a general concept, she's A, I think kind of joking, and B, we sort of know what she's talking about without having to get offended. Well, she may have been talking about a specific woman. Right. We don't know. You know what I'm saying? It's that, uh, that time, remember when, um, uh, what, Believe me, I don't what like it, defending what is, a woman in comedy. Well, okay? obviously, Just obviously. <laughs> well, it's not like, I mean, you said it was, you said it was a joke, but you didn't say it was funny. So you're sticking to your brand. Um, but, uh, she, uh, it was, um, what is Steph Curry's wife? Aisha? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When Aisha Curry said that stuff about women not having enough clothes, and it definitely was, you know, slut shaming, quote unquote, mm-hmm. or, you know, put on some clothes. You're not, you're not classy like me. But I, but in my mind, I was just like, obviously some woman has tried to hit up stuff. Like, I don't know who it is. Just there's some woman out there that ain't got no clothes on that she specifically tried to act classy and be like, I was reading a magazine. No, you weren't. You were on Instagram or something. Like you saw Snapchat. the shit that people must be sending your husband. I guarantee you were like, man, fuck those girls. I can't believe this shit. Um, and I gotta say something about it without like completely coming out of character and being like, Mala, don't look at my man. But she was able to kind of slide it through on some like whatever. And she ended up becoming the face of slut shaming on Twitter. Like every dude that hates women was like, why can't I just give me a Aisha Curry? Yeah. Until she, uh, until she started speaking and then yeah. it was like, bitch, go somewhere and shut up. Yeah. You got other opinions? <laughs> like I thought you was just going to be talking about these other women not being shit. <laughs> That's my job. Having all the opinions. Uh, and then for Rebel, uh, part of me does wonder how much of this is in the hierarchy of body positivity and stuff people feeling betrayed because they're like i've let you slide on being fat right and i never said anything and now you want to come out and say something negative about a group of people well that's not gonna get you anywhere you know like like we're the ones who are holding back one person you said being negative to another group of girls which was like because you're in the other group yeah the, the group of people that that they don't aren't uh wearing a, a bikinis and being sexy yeah you, she might as well end that with quote unquote your big bitch yeah but even with all that said what she said was uh kind of predictably uh gonna be uh inflammatory doesn't right like and, i don't know how you even say that in 2016 and don't expect the backlash it's just a matter right. of can she live Especially with the backlash 2.6 million followers like, right so, somebody one of them will be sensitive twitter trolling like yeah. police right I, I i gotta admit i slut shame some of my neighbors mm-hmm. i predictably but they're these three women who live in my building i think they're on the ninth floor or 10th floor but every night, and we're not talking, we're talking the main nights for like celebrities, like Monday through Wednesday. Mm-hmm. They go out dressed like they are looking to pick up men on a street corner mm-hmm. at like 1030 every night, like Monday through Wednesday or Monday through Thursday. And then I just had a, I had a, a look with another dude in my building and we just looked and we made eye contact and it was just like sluts. Mm. But, we didn't even have to say it. But we here's my spoke it with our eyes. Here, but then a, the doorman suggested that maybe they they might be there was like a twenty percent chance that they, they they might be working. Yeah, right. well that's true Making too. Money. How which would then kind of make them which wouldn't make them sluts, it would make them whores. Well that's true too, but how old are they? Entrepreneurs. How old like, do you think like, they are? Like, you know, m- mid twenties. Yeah. See, I think that, that, that I have a prime Manhattan real estate. I have a completely different take on that because 
like I, i've seen pictures of mid-20s jl and you were a smoke show my man like you were putting the guns <laughs> out there you know the pictures <laughs> looking the, like a gq model right yeah the pictures on the, on, up. the pictures on the website you know <laughs> a couple of, out to bars like the dude from tonga the with shorts, uh, and oil. Yeah, with I oil mean, no like, shirt. like I've seen, um, you know, Prime JL, and I, I feel like this is a little bit of you kind of uh, coming down on, you know, a little jealousy of these ladies being in their prime, strutting their stuff the way you used to get down, man. I mean, the shirts used to be a little tighter, you know what I'm saying? Used to be, you know. Oh, let me tell you something. 2017, I'm bringing the tight shirts back, whether I'm in shape or not. <laughs> Now I'm going to try and get back in shape. I'm going to try and finish this. this project. Like, damn it, if you're either going to see, you know, The Rock Jr. or Philip Seymour Hoffman in Boogie Nights. Either way, I'm wearing tight shirts. You're going to be out there like Michael Chiklis in The Shield? <laughs> Man, did they try to make that dude look jacked? But then every so often, you're like, this is a little pudgy short dude. You're like, I would fuck me. to make him look like a, like a tough, like, like he could kick ass. And you're like, this guy's a little pud i would fuck vic Mackey up dog like <laughs> I, would beat, I would beat the shit out of that little dude hey my favorite thing is that uh the way that they made him stay intimidating was by making his villains even chubbier black dudes it's like <laughs> forrest whitaker and anthony vic anderson vic Mackey, vic Mackey is in your mouth <laughs> taste it it tastes like piss <laughs> That is my limited but very proud Forrest Whitaker impression. Oh God! Oh man! Um, but yeah, at any at any rate, I mean, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. That just got. I'm sorry to break off topic. Mm -hmm. We'll get back to me in tight shirts in a second. But man, do I still feel bad for Forrest Whitaker in that season? Yeah, man, he got played. He was right. You know, he got played in every way. Vic Mackey like banged his ex wife. Jesus, they just and then he made him look uh, crazy, and he was right the whole time. And everybody was like, "Just we can't. Do, there's nothing we can do." Yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> every, every, everyone's like, "Yeah, we know he's dirty. He's just really hard to catch." That's the point. He's like, "But, but how could you do this?" And they're like, "Yeah, that, that's the thing." In your mouth, <laughs> it tastes it. It tastes like piss. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just left. I mean, I want to go to like an acting audition, and I want that to be my monologue. Like people will be taking like excerpts out of famous plays or like movie, and I'll be like, "I'm playing a one-eyed, sad black internal affairs officer." It's missing in your mouth. <laughs> I, I wonder what that cross section of people that know that scene the the way I do and listen to the show are. Uh, there's like well, listen, 10. Get, I will get three to four tweets. We will know because those will be the only people tweeting about it. So, like, yeah. two to three people will be like, that shit had me rolling. Everybody will be like, I didn't watch the shit. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Karen didn't watch. You can see she's already like, all right, that, that must be, <laughs> that must be funny. But I saw two white, I saw Walter Goggins and Walton Goggins and, uh, Michael Chiklis talking to each other. Not too down. Right. That's that bald headed <laughs> white man. Yeah, that's him. Um, and they had backup white men on that show. Like you could walk back in, up. like it be, they had backups in the chamber just in case it wasn't those two. It would be another two. Lim, you know. Uh, but uh, yeah. So um, anyway, I, I do think that uh, what she said was fucked up and yes, predict predictable to get in trouble. Like that. That's the fun. But the thing is, 
and this doesn't happen enough if she don't care then so what like that's the thing that i I always don't understand i don't care is always an option yeah all these controversies with comedians and shit and then everyone gets up in arms about freedom of speech and all this shit it's just like well if you just don't give a fuck it'll go away like they will never like you for the record and now that people have something on you they are that's just how people are at this point like they no one ever forgives or let shit go you're always the person that fucked up however you fucked up so just don't apologize fuck it you know like ride it out you're still rebel wilson and you're rich and you like nothing's gonna happen to you because of this shit Mm -mm. um all right you're attacking chicks in bikinis is not like a group that like has marches and can set up a protest of right. yeah <laughs> yeah like maybe there'll be a slut walk or something but i don't yeah. I, I i doubt it i'm i'm a, and where will that be and what time yeah <laughs> <laughs> amber rose will be there uh, but yeah i feel like uh prime jl is a little jealous of the lady strutting that stuff man and you know what but here's the, you know be what bigger the than that is? prime jl here's here's the real truth about prime jl is that prime jl put a ring on it with someone else and then that faded like so my prime my like what should have been my miami heat back-to-back nba finals years Mm -hmm. i was spending like you know blake griffin on the clippers Mm -hmm. and and you wasted that you're like how blake griffin's gonna feel at 35 you know what i mean like Blake, Blake Griffin looks at Ben Simmons at thirty. <laughs> Blake Griffin's like thirty five. He's gonna be like, man, fuck Ben Simmons, man. Put on a, <laughs> put on a suit that's not so form fitting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Take those goddamn capris off and <laughs> stuff. Capris, <laughs> not the hot waters. Oh man, JL, you ain't shit, man. But I love you, dude. Uh-huh! I don't know. I don't know what to do with this jl problematic man um all right so (laughs) let's get into uh our other segments um okay let's get into some uh fucking with black people uh karen you watched the the time so i know to make a new section or whatever um let me get my music out for fucking with black people uh and here we go We're just fucking with those black people. We're just fucking with those blacks. We're just fucking with fucking with black people. That's right, guys. It's time for fucking with black people. The game that we all hate to play. <clears throat> Where we go around the globe, we get articles and stuff and we read them and we score from zero to 100 intervals of 25 for how much we feel fucked with as black people. Today's contestants, everybody. And don't forget fucking with black people brought to you by Loot Crate. Mm-hmm. Uh, Loot Crate is of course a monthly subscription service that's a mystery crate filled with exclusive items from the biggest and best pop culture franchises go to lootcrate.com slash tbgwt and enter offer code tbgwt and you get three dollars off of any new subscription august um you have to order by the 19th or you won't get august's uh august's is that why august you won't get the august Ah! You won't get the August theme, which is anti-heroes. So, you know, all the stuff. If you guys watch Suicide Squad and somehow enjoyed it or just thought to yourself, man, they fucked these characters up. I'd do a better job if I had a box of stuff coming to me myself. Well, uh-huh. now you got a chance. LootCrate.com slash TBGWT. Code TBGWT. <clears throat> all right. So, uh, 
you guys know who kenya barris is mm-hmm. he's uh the creator of blackish okay um he <clears throat> got interviewed uh by deadline and <clears throat> the title of this article in vulture is blackish creator kenya barris is so is quote so tired of talking about diversity unquote now i posted this on my page because i read the whole article and i said read this article before saying something stupid in the comments oh you know that's not gonna happen well reading on my page they did okay but i it wouldn't have happened without that disclaimer i'm sure of that right um so basically he was asked about diversity in this panel on thursday at tca's panel on thursday and he said i will be so happy when diversity is not a word i have the best job in the world i'm constantly having to talk about diversity i have the best actors this is ridiculous it doesn't matter who's watching our show the fact is that they're watching it i get so tired of talking about diversity these are amazing talented actors and amazing writers who give their all and they don't have to do this it's crowding the conversation tracy ellis ross also chimed in and uh she talked to the reporter who brought up the subject and she says is that a question that you've asked other shows that are not predominantly of a certain color right then the reporter answered not really and she said those questions continue the conversation in a direction that does not help the conversation uh barris also noted the narrow fixation on blackish as part of the diversity conversation has denied the show is more universal universal qualities he said we always have to box everything in isn't it just a good family show it's specifically about a black family we're not denying that but don't you see yourself in it don't you see your family in it why is that important who watched the show why does it matter why do why do we keep having to have these conversations even if we keep having these conversations it's clearly time to rethink who we go to for answers so uh <clears throat> zero to a hundred karen how fucked with are you on that one i'm not fucked with it all all right what about you jl uh 25 all right and what's your 25 but it's sort of like par the problem is it's almost like par for the course Mm. so it's in a way is i'm giving it a low score because i i don't think it's particularly offensive or but it's like i felt like there it was tracy ross who's who gave the lengthy answer right that you read uh i think she gave the the one in the middle the the one at the end was kenya burris again oh well it just makes it's like the response is is so strong that it sort of shuts it down. Mm-hmm. But I didn't think it was particularly offensive. But it's it's like it's hard to say because it's like this is the kind of question that always gets asked. So it's not like they were stepping out of right. the norm to to ask it. But I think it was a, a great response. Yeah, Karen, you're off camera, by the way. Um, the other thing too, though, is I don't think that it was asked maliciously or anything. Right. But it's like how whenever we have a comedian on our show if she's a woman like if i would have asked every like how is it being a woman comedian like eventually it's like all right dog i do 100 interviews and i get asked this uh you know every fucking one of them like at some point i just don't want to fucking have to answer the same question the same way uh if you got asked every if every time we had you on the show we were like so you're half black and you're half white right why don't you go through that again it's like motherfucker dog like Right. that can't be everything for me so i kind of get the frustration um and i i wish we had video of it because i doubt that it was said in like an angry way by from anyone um and uh but i do feel a little fucked with just for the fact that 
the biggest part of that is they do not ask white shows about this shit. right and i do think it is imperative that those questions get asked of if you're gonna ask them of the black people in the black shows who are actually doing diversity well already you should basically have to ask these other shows like right there's no reason you can't ask the people from modern family the same shit you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. who's watching your show what's the demographic are you concerned about diversity are you concerned about including people those are people that also have shows and they you know maybe they'll tell you go fuck yourself or maybe they'll be like you know what that's a good point or this is what we're working on you just never know if you don't ask so uh i'm gonna go with 50 because i'm just a little bit fucked with but you could give some points to whoever came up with the title of the article that yeah now that is a hundred the clickbait editor guess could get like 25 points how many people don't like kenya barris right now literally because they read a title and they didn't read like how many people are just like man fuck kenya barris i knew i didn't like that show his name blackish first of all and then second of all he this guy goes he's tired of talking about diversity (laughs) somebody's yelling at him right now in la going fuck you and your all lives matter yeah (laughs) (laughs) um we were wrong this is from the daily news we were wrong ending stopping frisk did not end stopping crime did they have to did they pay somebody for the study breaking news y'all uh three three years ago this month manhattan federal judge shira uh sheenland sheenland uh ruled uh unconstitutional the nypd's program of stopping questioning and sometimes frisking people suspected of criminality the third anniversary of uh the ruling august 12th presents an opportune moment to evaluate its consequences on the city after the passage of a reasonable amount of time while her findings remain as flawed today as they were then new york has come through to a brighter day i like that they called her findings flawed uh even though basically the daily news is about to tell you that they were wrong like we said that crime was gonna go up and we need to be scared and it was like well we, you were wrong about everything yeah but her fat her findings were terrible like come on mm-hmm. um but yeah you know the, the of course the top the tactic was supposed to stop crime before it happened on some precog minority report shit we'll just stop all the black people you know and um it had little it had no effect like have not having stopping frisk did not cause this rising crime uh they put we are delighted to say we were wrong um nypd began scaling back stops under kelly before the decision and accelerated the trend under uh, commissioner bill bratton as a result the number of stops reportedly fell by 97 percent from a high of 685,700 in 2011 to 22,900 in 2015 not only did crime fail to rise but new york hit record lows now i think anybody that has watched the wire or happens to be black is like no shit right you stop fucking with everyone crime is gonna go down because fucking with everyone increases the statistical chance of crime like it's like like that's why over policing has always been a self-justifying thing if you were to over police any community of any people you would be able to justify statistically eventually because you'd be like well we find more drugs in the white community it's like yeah you stop every white car that you see some of them gonna have drugs yes it will seem that they have a higher percentage of drugs than everyone because you stop all of them you know even when they have done analysis of data that has shown that um 
stopping uh the percentage chance of stopping somebody is higher to find something for white people even when they've done that they still pull the uh you know like well well you know we just still need to stop these negroes so uh zero to a hundred can it gets a zero to me because i knew okay all right well, what about you jl but you're the question is so now what is right, how much are you with, fucked um, with how much are you fucked with by this new uh admittance of the new york daily post uh that or new york daily news that uh that it they was were wrong. yeah that they're they are wrong stop and frisk uh not being in does not uh, actually increase crime. Uh, zero. It's. Right. I mean, I think it's nice that they're admitting they were wrong, and but it was also, you know, the trends before De Blasio came in. Like they said, it was already being phased out. They were fighting it like on a political level, but they were right. already like reducing it. Right. Before you know, they turned it into a political thing, but they were reducing it before he took office. So they kind of knew they could scale it back yeah i'm not fucked with it all it's obviously that this is gonna happen i'm gonna start a new session and invite you guys over it'll just take a second jl you'll get a prompt to come over in a second give me one second all right let's get this uh call audience okay prepare to go live i'm doing that um cool videos working and i'm going live fuck it we'll do it live and uh i'm gonna invite you guys back on screen karen and uh jl karen just sent your invite and jl i just sent his invite and then we should be good to go when he gets on screen all right cool um so uh all right so that's like it got zero for me and jl karen zero zero so everybody got zeros okay cool um north carolina church backs trump and campaign reaches out to black voters (laughs) now here's what's despicable about this this is a more outreach than bernie sanders did in my city for the black vote that is sad that's true (laughs) and donald trump didn't even come to this Mm -mm. i'm warming up my voice for this segment uh yeah yeah nor uh north carolina church backs trump campaign reaches out to black voters i actually saw the uh flyer for this and it was just like all the black people that have become associated with his campaign like amarosa uh those two black uh crows from uh disney's uh (laughs) dumbo Uh, (laughs) they they dance dance across the stage i forget their names their names are like sparkling gold or some shit i don't even remember those ladies names but you know the two that are like oh mr trump he's so good he's so good to me it's like they get on stage and, and testify with, like official black pastor that dude who's gotten so much airtime. yes that dude he was at mark burns he was there the holy sham yep katrina pearson was there um with her lying ass uh and then laura trump his daughter-in-law came so we didn't even rank like an actual trump we got like a <laughs> black people got like a bootleg married into the trump's trump ah! <laughs> and uh they did this at the historically black church antioch uh, antioch road to glory international ministries in charlotte north carolina um the church is now publicly supporting trump hosting a town hall today billed as a day of endorsement uh donald trump was not in attendance no because yeah. i think he's in uh hell uh, oh i'm sorry go ahead like the preacher 
Uh, <laughs> no, he's in uh, unbelievable things right now. Okay, black churches love me. Okay, <laughs> even though I gotta say, okay, I gotta tell the people, Jesus was white. Okay, this is just a fact. Okay, we all know it. Would they're telling him. you lies. Okay, whoever says that he's not white, they're lying. Okay, but I love the black. I love the black church. They're great churches. They're great people. Yeah. He, uh, well, you know, I'm sure they appreciate the endorsement. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, uh, well, Trump. Uh, he's gonna say. He's gonna say. You see this? Can you believe it? I got an endorsement from a black church. A black <laughs> church. But, you know, these are the people they said I couldn't get. I get the black church. Okay, I understand them. It's it's where I'm from. Okay, I was raised. You know, very close. My one limo ride. I was one limousine ride away from a black church growing up. So believe me, ah. I know that I know them. I love them. Great people. Really great people. Well, well, Mr. Trump, I have a question for you. I hear that you're going back to Cumberland County, you know, the arena that the uh, uh, one of your um, supporters. supporters punched a black dude. I mean, how do you feel going back to this town? Let me tell you something, okay? When a black give somebody the middle finger <laughs> I'm going to write it into law that old white men get to punch them okay this is <laughs> we need to be more law and order okay okay we need to be more law and order which really means when a black kid does something I don't like a white guy can take illegal action <laughs> to hit him to maintain law and order because we have too many middle fingers from black kids going around okay it's ruining the world i wonder if he ever paid that dude's bail like he promised Mm -mm. i bet that he's he is he is trump is like consistently full of shit yeah like that's what's impressive is that honestly he's almost like a comedic character like i forget what movie it is but it'd be like the kind of guy you're on a journey with a guy and halfway through the movie you realize everything he says is a lie so you start doing the opposite of what he says yes i'm gonna give this money to the troops okay we know for sure he didn't give money to the troops (laughs) i don't know where he put money but we know for a fact it did not go to the troops did you see the hillary uh campaign attack ad that's like three minutes long and it's all of his uh speculation about his ties to russia no not yet oh it's on my face they are not fucking around anymore like this is why i wanted hillary more than bernie um because i she this is literally like uh this is like marty mcfly's dad punching biff's dad or whatever like this is her entire life of just charismatic white dudes including her husband always getting there first and being like yeah you're competent you're a fucking political nerd you're but but no one likes you and you're a woman this is not your spot and it's like he is the antithesis of hillary in a lot of ways where Mm -hmm. even though people say they don't like him charismatically they do they will watch anything that he is on because they do like watching him and they do even if it's just one of those like sit back and shake your head like this slick son of a bitch like even if it's that you're still watching him and you're still doing it because you like him you know and with hillary she doesn't have the same charisma she doesn't get the same path and she doesn't get to be dumb and she actually is held to a standard of she needs to be consistent in her statements and every action she's ever taken she needs to be accountable for them and held to that and so many other candidates that you know are men mostly uh have never been held to that standard Mm -hmm. at least not to a significant degree so it is like this is just 
the fist balling up and the slow motion like punch in the face that trump's gonna get if he even attempts to debate her or i'm sorry i was gonna say my my thought between the two of them is i forget what indiana jones movie it was Mm -hmm. maybe the first one raiders of the lost ark where a dude goes like with two swords he's like (laughs) yeah and then indiana jones just takes out his pistol and shoots him dead one time yes like like, i feel like that's hillary like letting him just go believe me we're gonna do unbelievable crooked hillary unbelievable terrible believe me believe me we're gonna do it i'm really i hate babies and and (laughs) she's just gonna go you're an idiot. I, I love her ad with the kids. I've yes. seen it a lot already. Where it's just because it it captures both things. I get to be entertained by Trump while seeing him get taken down, which is actually the best of both worlds. Yeah. Because when he goes, and I told them to go fuck themselves, and you see the little kids watching the screen, yes. and I'm like, that's great. Yes. <laughs> it, oh, it's like honestly i think it's gonna be a cakewalk from this point on um mm-hmm. and i don't know that bernie would have done as well um and been as vicious and mean as you need to be to to fight a bully like he's he's a bully and you're not gonna be able to that's how that's where every republican failed they really thought they could out gentlemen and adult this dude right but our country is not a mature country like we're just not we're we we do like seeing the guys say some bullshit and go put the balls on this guy check him out like that's our shit and like it's gonna take someone that's like hey man fuck this failed businessman piece of shit like you it's gonna take someone that does get nasty to beat him in my opinion i think that's why she's gonna win um and like i I mean i would hope bernie would have won but it just i don't think even in the campaign against hillary bernie didn't go low like Mm -hmm. he could have but he just seems to be like kind of like that ain't my brand i'm not gonna do that that's not i have the principles to know even with my fans being nasty and fucking you know completely like over the line i'm never gonna be that so um i I don't know if he would have been able to do that with trump like even now they kind of need him to come out and attack trump a little bit more but his even his attacks are kind of like this guy's just silly right you know, um, right. they're not vicious attacks that uh, I think Hillary's going to lay on this motherfucker. Uh, I do hope they debate, gonna be though. Great. Although somebody speculated that Trump might want to bring in, like, the third party candidates. <laughs> right. To, you know, and then back out calling them not legit debates if the other candidates can't be in them. And dummies for Jill Stein, like Cornell West, will be like, oh, Brother Bill, it's not <laughs> like that. Oh, My no. mom hates Cornell West. Like, it's. It's incredible how much she is fed up with Cornell West. Like when he comes on Bill Maher, she just rolls her eyes and goes, "Oh, this fucking guy." Yeah, I can't fuck. Um, with, I can't fuck with him either. But he's gonna be with the Jill. Like he's gonna be the group that like joins with Trump, not yeah. joins him, but in the argument. Like, yeah, well, well, sister Jill Stein needs to get in the debate <laughs> with the Bill so that she can Aww. alleviate and educate the populace and the population of the American people. <laughs> Lord. Shut up, Cornell. That's some good Cornell right there, man. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the spirit. It's not, it doesn't sound like, it, but it's the spirit. But you know what I mean. But it was it was pretty good, man. It was pretty good. It was uh, that is he does like Cornel to hit that. West. My, my favorite. Seen him like devo- like his like ever since Bill Maher went on HBO, he has been on this like steady trajectory down. Yes. <laughs> like 
Like uh, I remember being like, "Oh, good point, Cornell." And now I'm like, "Oh no, Cornell!" Like left. he just lost his marbles at some point, man. My favorite thing though is the difference between, you know, brother Bill, brother Bill, and then when he goes, "Dear brother," something. Dear brother is like that's bad. Mm-hmm. That's, like, that's never good. Like that, he's about to say I, I, some double, fucked up. You got to get the double fingers. I'm trying to do the double fingers in the picture. Yeah, I'm not a Democrat. I am a revolutionary Christian brother, or whatever the fuck. <laughs> <you Yeah! are. laughs> Making up your own like suicide squad of liberal <laughs> Christian professors. Oh, like good. any any time someone crosses him, like and he gets asked about that person, where like, well, what do you think? I mean, we were that Melissa Harris Perry recently said, and he's like, oh. The dear sister Melissa Harris Perry. You're like, he's about to say something fucked up. Like, whatever comes after that is completely biased and paranoid and fucked up. Um, I feel like he, and he's like one of those dudes, not that, sorry to take this out of Cornell West trip, but he, I feel like he's one of those guys who, he is, he's not just unhappy with Hillary Clinton because, I mean, he, he just doesn't like her because, he's almost demanding perfection from her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he's not in that, like, I disagree with her on this. He's, he'll literally just rattle off and like, even Bernie Sanders isn't the candidate you wanted if these yeah. are all your complaints. Whenever I, well, what's funny is, uh, like, for example, Mark Lamont Hill, oh, by the way, 100 for all these black people, right? Mm-hmm. In the church, right? I'm assuming we all agree. Uh, black people support Trump. Oh. <laughs> all right. So, yeah. all right. So, uh, I'm about to say, there shouldn't be another number yeah i mean 100 right uh anyway so um mark lamont hill um got some backlash today um because he essentially said i'm not afraid to vote green even if that means we get trump we can afford to lose an election but we can't afford to lose our values right and then his vote was going to go to the green party now what's interesting to me is as a camp as a coordinated group as a um you know like yeah the dnc the rnc and whatever the green party has no candidates on any ballots like they mm-hmm. it, it would just be president even if they could win even if they got like five percent right so automatically it's kind of like you got to turn the side out of that because it's like where's your work the other three years where there's not a presidential election like you can't just show up every fourth year and be like we about to throw some salt in the game y'all <laughs> like mm-hmm. like you should be building a ground swell of people the uh, the entire time these other three years so that when you do get ready to like take a presidency i also have people to vote for locally and in my state you right. know uh, i can't expect you to build a coalition out of nothing um with just the presidency you know uh, and not to mention it's just completely unrealistic there'll never be a third uh party uh president uh if 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 you don't build up a bunch of coalitions before you get to the presidency right correct um but okay so but but it always serves as like a protest vote and a shock vote and a whatnot now i'm not so interested in debating people fucking whatever they want to do with their individual vote yeah you know it's really up to you um but i did find it interesting some of his reasoning because I think the idea that we can afford a Trump presidency, um That depends on who you ask. Really yeah, it really does speak to a certain level of privilege you have to have right. in order to say that you would risk it. I'm not saying this means you're you, you have no problems and things won't but you're willing to risk however 
much worse in your mind life can get but some people are gonna get fucked you know really what i mean bad like really bad like and lgbtq cynical, people to people who are cynical i would say trump is in the negative direction somebody who will shake you out of your cynicism right like you'll see how much a vote like you may not get to feel how important your vote is with hillary clinton you will feel how important it is with Donald Trump because right. that's the first guy. Everybody, you know, the, the kind of people who like to stay above and act like they're better than voting and better than this will be like, it doesn't matter. You've liked Bush. You liked Obama or Romney. They're still going to cater to Wall Street. They're still going to block. Like right. they'll say things like that. Well, Donald Trump is the first candidate where I go, no, I, I don't know. Right. Like that it's <laughs> going to be sort of within the bounds of like, He's on the level of things that really that a president, you know, when you talk about safety, security, kind of st- keeping the country going like in the keep it above water, forget in the right direction. Like he's the type of person when he's asking like repeatedly about nuclear weapons mm-hmm. and telling allies we might break this and then we're going to do this with our economy and we're going to pull out of all these things. You're like, dude, you're going to like you're like Walter Peck at the EPA in the original Ghostbusters, just going, shut it all down. <laughs> and you're like, uh, we're going to get out of here now. The uh, the only Ghostbusters that you will acknowledge, by the way. That's right. Um, <laughs> I think he's more like the mayor from Jaws. Uh, but the, Don't uh, <laughs> ever compare me to the mayor of Jaws. My favorite line, maybe of the summer, oddly enough, was from a man in mm-hmm. Lady Ghostbusters. Written by a team of women writers. Oh, good job andy, andy garcia, garcia way to deliver that, that that cuban passion yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes yes um all right so uh but but see the thing is i think some of the backlash to mark lamont hill's like theory is like unwarranted because i honestly think it's harmless like i really don't think there's enough people to do to shake the election the way that he would like and i think he's positioning himself so that when hillary wins he gets to go i'm not like the rest of you motherfuckers i voted my conscience and i voted to the left and you guys are the ones responsible for anything hillary does not me i like this is not the candidate of my choosing and i think that's kind of how he's setting it up so he'll have the moral high ground um but the, the the thing is um the game theory of it the theory of just like okay cool let's say enough people vote to the left of hillary that she loses this election right and democrats lose this election and and fucking uh donald trump three conservative like super conservative justices right uh drops a nuke on saudi arabia Mm -hmm. world war three De- yeah. it deports muslims um uh not i mean because honestly a big beautiful wall <laughs> that mexico pays for right um uh, this is this would be our brexit like i don't feel like it's so right. far-fetched that we could have a brexit type thing because it, it didn't take much for racism to spark up other than the presence of minorities in the social conscious over there and in people's faces right and then all of a sudden it was like oh all brown people need to go um or we need to leave and kick these brown people out um so here's the thing i was thinking though i don't know even if things panned out exactly the way he says 
that our country would immediately have a backlash of going as far to the left as possible i really think the backlash to trump is still going to be some version of hillary clinton like people are still going to galvanize around the democratic party and if you listen to her platform anyway it's still really fucking left like like they may have panel uh pandered a bit to the central uh the the center people you know some of the people that aren't uh impressed with what the republicans have done and they definitely tried to get those people during the uh dnc like there's a lot of like hey you don't i know you're conservative and you don't like trump but you know you can kind of come over here we're not that bad right guys we love the military and 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 we love police and (laughs) like you like we're not just a bunch of fucking socialists like come on over here and shit and i do think um because she did that um uh I, like i kind of hate when they do that but because she did that she gave added fuel to the fire you know because then everybody that doesn't like her gets to be like see she's gonna betray everybody when she gets that office and all that shit but i think one of the things that people are missing is that the the reaction to a bad presidency isn't always a push to the left like um we got two terms of george w bush yes we did you know what i mean like this the like that should have been a one-term presidency mm-hmm. but you're just not guaranteed you're gonna have this charismatic well-organized campaign in four years from now like i don't know who they're running four years from now do you you know what i mean like it's such a big gamble and ultimately it does come back to the D, to the democratic party like even that push to the left still has to come back to what we really want want is the De- democratic party to go further to the left and i think he has a good strategy as far as you know how he thinks it'll play out i just don't think it'll play out that way and i think that uh ultimately uh the people working from the inside of party pushing it to the left is probably about the best we're gonna get i don't know for a fact how it's gonna play out but that's my guess is you have to work with from within the democratic party and push your candidate on certain issues such as marriage equality and things like that to get it to happen i don't think we have a blueprint of this protest vote ever really working you know um somebody tried to bring a ross perot but i was like that really wasn't the same as a protest vote mm-hmm. or one side like he got those votes from democrats and republicans yeah um <clears throat> all right so it's hard to believe he's still alive oh he 102 <laughs> i don't know by the way i'm not mad at mark lamont hill like he just an extremely progressive left-wing black person it's okay like people are fucking viscerally upset with that dude like fuck you mother right. i'm like so is that, is that gonna be the thing are we just gonna tell everybody like you better vote for hillary or shut the fuck up like it, it's okay he you know like this isn't you know what i'm curious about yeah. if hillary ends if hillary gets elected and actually has a strong first term Mm-hmm. does some progressive things appoints some nice progressive supreme court justices etc cetera, etc cetera. how many because then then that's the test to see do people get online or do they hold on to these grudges and these ideas of her where they're going to be like she's just doing because it's like no now she's the boss and so now you saw what she'll do you could say she pandered this and that but she's been the boss for four years or three and a half years so now you know what she's about how many people will join and how many people will kind of stick to their fucking liar and right. bitch and i don't like and i don't like her and i like we need somebody better well much like all women you know the republicans will do that that's that's for sure but it's the question of 
will she, you know, will the Democrats rally further around her or will they maintain these kind of grudges? Well, much like all women, people love women when they are in a job way more than they love a woman when she's trying to get a job. Right. Like, right. like when, when they're in the position because of just the nature of how things are set up against women in general is much harder for them to get these positions, but they're much more competent at these positions and better you at managing have them. to be. Right. And then everyone relaxes then. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, you're doing a great job. But then when it's like, all right, now I want a promotion. It's like, bitch, are you crazy? Like, you are terrible at your job. Like, um, so I do wonder, uh, if, you know, if she wins, which I, I'm assuming she will, um, I, I think she would do a great job and I think she would continue a lot of things that Obama does. And, um, that's about the best we can hope for in this country. Uh, I, but I, of course I'm extremely pragmatic. So, you know, uh, I don't I get, st- I don't get swept I want up. Her, oh, I'm sorry. I, I was just gonna say, I don't get really swept up in a lot of rhetoric and shit. And I still expect people to make mistakes. I still expect there to be shortcomings. I still expect people that are critical of her to never back down, you never. know, uh it's just it is what it is it's like uh obama changed his view quote unquote on uh marriage equality but there's still gonna be people that are like well that dude he walked in not having that view so fuck him you know it just is what it is it's the nature of the position yeah all right uh, what are you gonna say i forgot what i was gonna say all right let's go to uh let's go to the guest of race man everybody's favorite oh wait Uh, i'm sorry hold up we do have one more new thing that you you've never heard of uh, this is probably, <laughs> probably gonna be your first time uh <laughs> it's gonna be your first time experiencing this uh uh it's uh white people news all right so uh let me uh let me play the song for white people news let's see we'll do this one this time carly red i knew half of you would know <laughs> In my way, I trade my soul for a wish. Pennies and dimes for a kiss. I wasn't looking for this, but now you're in my way. Your stare was holding, red chain skin was showing, hot night wind was blowing. Where you think you're going, baby? Hey, I just met you, and this is crazy. But here's my number, so call me baby. All right. Um, here's some white people news, guys. Y'all ready to talk about these white folks and the things that go on? Because after we talk about all this serious shit, we need a palate cleanser, guys. We need to know what's going on with white folks. Here's one. Cooking up trouble. Snoop Dogg and Martha Stewart join forces for a new celebrity dinner party show. That's right. Oh, that's going to be lit. Yeah. Two ex-cons? I am here for it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That is true. They are two ex-cons. Am I the only one that's realizing this? <laughs> that's a good point. Um, but yeah, they hook up. They're going to do a dinner show um, with the 44-year-old rapper and the 75-year-old lifestyle guru. Um, it'll be on VH1. It's an unscripted series. And it's going to be called Martha and Snoop's Dinner Party, where they invite a bunch of different celebrities to eat dinner made by them. That's going to be fun. Going to be a lot of for shizzle, my nizzles. 
there's gonna be a bunch of jokes about what kind what kind of herbs are you putting in it snoop <laughs> mister <laughs> uh but yeah i can't wait to see this uh, they, i am all in martha and snoop's dinner party will redesign traditional food competition shows in a new different and very funny way snoop added of the show and his co-star my homegirl martha and i have a special bond that goes back I'm my homegirl we're gonna be cooking and drinking and having a good time with our exclusive friends can't wait for you to see how we roll together yeah because you know about that c-block dog uh man my man snoop dog has a longevity that none of us saw coming, coming no. period like he's gonna outlive all us like it may be between him and ice cube those are like the two most improbable lovable negroes of all time <laughs> like just what <laughs> murder was around? the murder was the case the other dude made I, a song called white I women to, oh, i ahead. was listening to the predator at the gym mm-hmm. um, and it made me think wow people are upset about black lives matter have they listened to this, <laughs> this dude 25 years ago was ready to like get an ak out and just start you know mowing down white people <laughs> Yeah, he called him like uh, I remember he had a song called K Bitch. Like yeah, I can't yeah, even, that was off of uh, Lethal Injection. Can't even imagine that in 2016. Like that, if Future just came out with K Bitch out of nowhere, people would be like, "That's the end of his career." Then, right? Yeah. Uh, in other white people news, Eddie Redmayne and his wife Hannah Method Main. I don't know what her last name is. Uh, coordinate in a white in white as they enjoy a day off baby duty at Rio Olympics beach volleyball you know i don't know who neither one of these people is uh eddie ray main um was let's see what he won the oscar for stephen hawking uh the theory of everything he also won the oscar for danish girl maybe nominated nominated Nominated. dicaprio won okay you would but karen you would know him from the last wachowski brothers film uh oh siblings jupiter ascending jupiter ascending he was in there okay. did you see that with me i don't remember if you saw that with me mm, i don't remember either. probably not it was horrible you were definitely remember it <laughs> it's a traumatic experience me just bringing it up now kind of makes me sad oh um anyway so you don't know him but care never knows white people i told you guys she walks out the room with white shit coming on um at any rate they uh went down to rio de janeiro on tuesday ahead of friday's olympic opening ceremonies and they hung out in all white matching all white uh he had on some black shorts and um this is the thing that white people thought was newsworthy and put into the news they decided that we need to spread the word (laughs) that eddie redmayne and his wife decided to wear white and go to the olympics so uh there you guys have that breaking news there in whiteness (laughs) breaking news while we were while we were arguing about whether uh paul o'neill was killed purposely by the police and covered up uh they were talking about eddie redmayne's uh clothes um let's see what else happened oh fox news continues to have problems um roger ailes has been accused of uh sexual harassment uh for a couple people uh that one horrible woman andrea taturos i think is her name Mm -hmm. she's always saying something ridiculous Mm -hmm. she said she was harassed by him yeah i believe her yep fox took me off the air after i spoke up about roger l's harassment um it's just is it is it wrong of me to go well yeah (laughs) like that's what you do for a living how could you be shocked you know like if, if fucking um racy trash 
stars being like oh they discriminated against me for being black at fox news i'd be like no shit. right is she are you just mad because that's your job like what is the right. point uh at like, any rate you know it's just a problem when they fit on these titties you other women don't care about y'all yeah shelly ross has come forward as well saying roger ells tried to uh set up sexual alliance with her saying you know and this is back in 1981 oh, so he's been doing this shit for a very 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 long time yeah he's old i mean right you know uh it's gonna be like a harassment sexual harassment squad movie with like bill cosby roger ailes like <laughs> some country with a female president they're like we can't get them through normal diplomatic chains we need you to get take this bitch down from the inside yeah <laughs> instead of suicide squad the sexual harassment squad mm-hmm. yeah that mm-hmm. would be yeah you take all the sexual harassers and viola davis will get them together uh, <laughs> uh all right what, what would their weapons be with um uh, what um well, obviously an eggplant um, ah! uh, <laughs> the wolf howl that i learned we learned about yeah, yesterday wolf whistle um street harassment would be one of the weapons mm-hmm. uh all right um genius things you can do with your dishwasher that will change your life including scrubbing potatoes cooking salmon and washing shoes that's right more white people news guys <laughs> somebody didn't have nothing else to do you can take your your dishwasher and use it for a task other than washing dishes dishwasher that you put dirty dishes in so it can wash it wash them clean right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that dishwasher from toothbrushes to wellington boots the clever machine can be used to wash much more than pots and pans in fact you can even cook a turkey or a salmon filet in there can you wash your clothes in it too uh what my understanding is that a dishwasher gets to about 150 degrees okay the internal temperature of a chicken must reach at least 160 degrees so you don't get salmonella what you do run it twice (laughs) what are the rules what are Uh, the rules are we steaming it what the fuck (laughs) is it in a ziploc bag what's happening is my salmon gonna bounce around and fall to pieces uh to wash shoes as gross as it may sound your dishwasher will give you squeaky clean shoes uh boots are ideal footwear for popping in the dishwasher but should have the liners removed before and should be laid out horizontally uh flip boots can also be given a washing machine just hook them up uh to the over the top rack you can wash your hair brushes in there so i just want to know so does the next load have a bunch of hair on it and boots dirt and <laughs> grime and grass salmon, and salmonella bugs and insects and off now i knew this was going in white people's news because the picture i found on the internet of a chicken in a dishwasher had no seasoning on it of course it didn't so it's it explains a lot okay? yeah you washed it away your dishwasher washed just i hate it away. i hate the profile but i don't it didn't matter if it was a before or after picture no seasoning on the chicken is complete uh that is complete blasphemy okay uh you can clean potatoes with it uh you you, uh don't feel like scrubbing all the potatoes so you just line them up on the top rack and pop a pop on a rinse only cycle without detergent but what if i want them to have that lemon pledge (laughs) taste (laughs) i want that cascade flavor to it i got i got to put some are they I putting like bouillon cubes in the fucking right i didn't i didn't <laughs> buy the special kind with the clear with the uh clorox for nothing 
<laughs> what is wrong with white people? You got the ramen noodle cubes in there. Oh God! Ramen noodle seasoning. <laughs> um, you can cook salmon. I don't um, get that one. Yeah, you put it in two sheets of foil, spritz with some lemon, and drizzle with some butter over it before tightly sealing it with another piece of foil on the top rack. Set it to the hottest setting and let it run a full cycle for perfectly cooked fish. Now, I feel like white people went, I will see your fish in the work microwave and raise you fish in the dishwasher. <laughs> your fish gonna taste like fucking soap suds. Uh, you can wash your hats in there. You can degrease car parts. They're trying to get somebody fucking killed. Uh, clean your toiletries. Uh, was the last thing so there you guys go man um that's a hundred for me yeah as titus would say uh what white nonsense is this uh all right i'm so confused right now <laughs> all right now let's uh get to some guess another race okay guys you guys have been updated your palettes have been that cleansed. was a lot yeah the the dishwasher thing broke my whole timeline this morning right now i took a, a picture of just the woman and and the, the caption of like use it to clean potatoes clean shoes and make fish and people are like what the fuck are, are you doing rod it's too early all right <clears throat> now that it's time for some guest the race that's right it's guest the race time now that it's time for some guest the race that's right it's guest the race time that's right it's time for guess the race the number one game show going across all the podcast land we read to play news articles from all over the globe and we ask our contestants today jl covan of the righteous freak podcast pick up his album on itunes israeli tortoise to guess the race and the chat room plays long and yes. they are racist and right. this episode has been <laughs> sponsored by loot crate that's right loot crate is a uh, free well not free it is a monthly mystery crate filled with exclusive items from the biggest and best pop culture franchises go to lootcrate.com slash tvgwt enter offer code tvgwt and you get three dollars off that's right this month is uh anti-heroes whether it's bad guys doing good things for the wrong reason or good guys with questionable tactics august is the perfect time to pick up the anti-hero um box okay you're gonna get people like archer dark horse comics uh bill kill bill dc comics uh you get a wearable item a a monthly t-shirt uh collectibles action figures all that kind of stuff and you can upgrade with loot crate dx where you get a bigger box bigger loot and higher caliber collection of items and that is less than fifty dollars a month but you get a hundred dollars worth of goodies Mm -hmm. uh from collectibles to apparel to home goods and more lootcrate.com slash tbgwt code tbgwt sign up by the 19th at 9 p.m pacific time to make sure you receive this month's crate before the cutoff happens then it's over all right uh plot to hold up a south carolina tobacco shop with a musket goes up in smoke when a manager takes the gunman on with his fist and others plain refuse to give up their money Mm. Mm mm-hmm a musket that's some old-fashioned shit right there yeah one shot and it's a five minute refill <laughs> so you better and you better hit uh an armed robber who tried to hold up a tobacco store in south carolina with a musket-like gun saw his plans go up in smoke thanks to the bravery of his victim victims the man entered the tobacco junction formerly tobacco jungle in anderson on sunday <laughs> morning armed with what appeared to be a flintlock pistol and pointed it at the manager's back with the man 
wasn't intimidated and as seen in the video hosted on wyff4 spun around and attacked the startup criminal in what was uh, the start of a badly bungled robbery um the manager then ran to the front door causing the gentleman to chase him that gave the clerk and the customer who just witnessed a startling encounter time to duck into the back of the store with the video apparently showing the clerk hitting an alarm button on the way the criminal then runs around to the cash register seemingly panicking and fumbles with a drawer before ducking out of view to the rear of the store tammy mendez a tobacco i mean tobacco junction clerk who wasn't present at the time of the robbery told the daily mail that her manager who she only named as danny was a hero in my opinion he saved everyone's life he let the robber follow him so everyone else could go to protective areas um seeing the manager had fled the robber returned and demand the clerk and customer hand over their money but neither one of them complied he then left empty-handed police believe he drove off in a car park near the store and they're now hunting for the suspect guess the race of this suspect uh white all right let's check the chat room and see what they believe uh-huh. the race huh i said i don't get to play no more oh that's right karen that's uh-huh. right you can't see my screen no, now I so can't. you can play karen what what race do you think the suspect was and possible movie white man all right possible white yeah. man movie. uh let's see uh using a family heirloom white davy davy crockett white his his ancestors used that exact gun when still in the Indian's land and smallpox. Oh, inherited that weapon from his great 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 grandpappy, the slave catcher White. Oh, whiter than the cookie than the cooking with the dishwasher. All right, the correct answer is, and all of you guys missed it. He was black. Oh, you want to prove this to me? I need a picture need to accept them booze first no i will not accept no booze here here's his picture this yeah. dear brother <laughs> the dear brother with the musket oh man just setting oh, us back where the hell wow. get that musket from yeah i love he was so ineffectual with this like people looked a musket could still kill you it's still gonna send yes, a metal ball through your chest and people were but, like nah man i'll take my chances I'm just bothered by the fact – see, my assumption was, A, the musket sounds like a white dude thing. But right. also, in, in our climate, black dude walking around with a rifle on his shoulder just willy-nilly, I don't think he would have gotten to the store. Well, it was like a it was like a pistol version of a musket. Uh, so, you know. Oh, oh, like a Sleepy Hollow kind of thing. Like exactly. <laughs> the the only show where the two most attractive people never hooked up get the fuck out of here uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the most progressive white man from uh the 1600s or whatever the fuck. right <laughs> <laughs> she got the one white dude who's like why do we call them niggers I, well i shan't i shan't ever say it Mm-mm. um all right let's go to the bonus round um here uh i'm not even gonna play the music we'll just get right into uh, another um article okay um let's see how about this one uh oh a couple is accused of abandoning their two-year-old so they could go play pokemon go oh mm-hmm. uh penal county deputies arrested a santan valley couple after their two-year-old boy was found abandoned outside his residence the parents, Brent Daly and Brian Daly, 
uh were arrested uh for child endangerment and child neglect after they left the child home alone for up to 90 minutes both, oh both parents admitted they had left the child home alone so they could go play the pokemon smart man, smartphone game in na- nearby neighborhoods uh <laughs> guess the race They are. Um, damn it! You know, this could be this. Could, I feel like this could be either, but I'm gonna go white because, mm-hmm. you know. All right. I'm I, just gonna play the odds. I'm gonna go against the ground. I'm gonna go black this time. All right, let's check the chat room. See what they believe. Taryn's trying to get the win over here. Um, Brent and Brienne, white, white. If it was black, a black dad, Pokemon Go equals cigarettes at the store. <laughs> Aww. Oh, it was a black man be Pokemon Go and never come back. Is that what y'all trying to say? <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's right. I do it too, y'all. I'm racist. Uh, they <laughs> they left the kid home so they could play Disney Channel White. They left a window open white. Trash ketchup white. Uh, the correct answer is oh, like Ash Ketchum. Trash Ketchum. I get it. Uh, the correct answer is they were white oh, I got it wrong. and Karen you got it wrong I'm not as racist as I thought I was I see you're not demanding proof this time no that, I'm not that's dem- telling I'm not demanding proof <laughs> show it anyway but I'm not demanding proof uh, that's, I just think it's kind of telling that you uh, didn't need to be proved that these people weren't uh, who I said they were uh, I don't know why. Oh, there you go. I guess that's as big as it'll get. Sorry, guys. Um, all right. So, uh, I guess it's time for a little sore ratchetness, guys. I'm assuming that, uh, that means JL beat Karen. And, yes, uh, you did. He's the winner of I'm our. I'm bad at this JL. The winner of our contest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So it's time for some, uh, sore ratchetness and then we'll get out of here. It's the last thing we, we do every show. Um, as soon as it wants to play the sound effect. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's why you don't play Pokemon Go with your kid outside of the house. Okay, guys? That's the truth um let's see a sword attack on two horses that's right first they came for the people and you did (laughs) nothing and Ah. now they attacking the horses not even the horses are safe from the swords separate but equally savage attacks in ashford have resulted in two horses receiving horrific wounds from a machete or sword uh, the Gardai have been have been unable to establish a motive, and now horse owners living nearby are fearful of further attack. Mm. It's like horse terrorism. Uh, both uh, b- both incidents occurred within days of one another. While the injuries sustained by both animals weren't fatal, they left the two horses with significant and gruesome injuries. A lady called to Ashford Garda Station to report on the night of Friday, July 15th, that her horse had been injured while out in the field at Glamour. The horse appeared to have been slashed by either machete or sword type implement. Uh, days later, another man called the station to report his horse had also been injured in the same field on the night of Tuesday, July 19th, 
um the two fields where the horses were kept are in opposite sides of a narrow lane way of the main ashford to devil's glen road well that's the problem it's on devil's glen that name yeah it's like uh that should be your clue right there i think this is the name of the town from stranger things uh garter ah, ah. garter paul uh o'sullivan says the sergeant the savagery of both attacks had shocked many in the community uh we have been contacted by other horse owners from the area who are afraid for the well-being of their own animals we don't have a motive for either of the attacks but we are hopeful that someone may have noticed something on either of the nights in question maybe a suspect <laughs> car or someone acting in a suspicious manner uh, the wounds inflicted on these horses were really horrific. There seems to be no obvious connection apart from the fact that the horses were located in the same general area. Well, I, I wonder what color were the horses. Mm-hmm. Brown, maybe? <laughs> Black horses? Black ma- <laughs> Black mares matter? Um, yeah. Uh, both animals were taken to the local vet who ascertained with a sword or machete type instrument have been used. Okay, we already covered that. Uh, <laughs> and they're uh, appealing to anyone who can assist with providing more information, guys. So if you know somebody with a bloody sword and a, a mad on for horses, uh, report that motherfucker, okay? This is, uh, they're attacking, I mean, listen, maybe you don't love other people. Everybody loves horses. Come on, let's get our shit together and get this guy off the streets um speaking of getting our shit together why don't you guys go on itunes and buy israeli tortoise mm-hmm. okay support jl covan uh you got a righteous prick yeah. coming out to not tomorrow too it's already out now but i haven't like posted it i just did it this afternoon so okay. it's a it's a short one i give a uh a defensive alex rodriguez i say, yes if, if anybody can understand the struggles of a large beige handsome ball of talent it's me and mm-hmm. you know uh, i have a unique uh, perspective to understand the burden that he has in this world um and then i talk about the album and that's it so it's a quick it's, a, it's like 29 minutes air i talk about ariel winter and dame cook of course and then uh so it's a quickie yeah well i know uh lately you've been having a lot of mike Payne on uh, yeah i just politics season so he's yeah. off until november now <laughs> yeah uh I, mike Payne, who i like to call the james harden of the righteous prick podcast you know uh puts up <laughs> tremendous numbers uh um and is consistently uh you know he's going to be in the mvp discussion at the end of the year but <laughs> i think we all know where that trophy's coming home to guys all right <laughs> <laughs> Chris Lambert is the uh, Carmelo. He's gonna uh, opt out of doing. He's gonna, he's gonna opt out of doing any more shows. Uh, he's gonna say it's for Black Lives Matter, but we all know what it is, Chris. All right, you can't but get he that. He wants unity between black quarterbacks and white stars. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're both revelations. So I. <laughs> I he didn't see. like my post this uh, this weekend. I was at the pool with my nephew, so the lifeguard was black. So I tweet, I posted on Facebook. I said, "I'm out here with a black lifeguard, but Chris Lambert probably tweeting about black quarterbacks like it's 2013." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, did you see the picture of the Olympics for the swimming, um, you know, the swimming competition or whatever? Mm-hmm. And the lifeguard was a black woman. Yeah, it's, it's like why y'all like that's the time y'all give us the job. Word, it's uh, like here. Uh, 
you you definitely won't be needed for this mm-hmm. uh but uh, yeah at any rate man make sure you guys support the album and uh we had people that were there at the live taping yeah a, a lot a good a good amount of people so yeah and they and, it, the chance for the nationwide family to get involved and, and if you if you get it give it like a nice review or just click the five stars real quick because that that also helps even mm-hmm. if you're not going to buy it if you're going to listen to it somewhere else you can you can click the five stars you know today tomorrow and it'll that also kind of generates i don't know some kind of activity on the album yeah if it was whack you would have heard by now you know what i'm saying because mm-hmm. we had we had too many people that went <laughs> like it would have right. been like yeah it was i mean he's not that i mean I, i'm glad he's on the show you know we would have had that and uh uh-huh. we haven't had that nobody mm-hmm. spoiled any jokes for me so i'm gonna no, watch this and listen to this i'm excited completely clean um and uh yeah i can't wait man and uh yeah i don't know why a-rod gets all the flack and uh derek jeter gets to go marry a 20 something year old model no oh uh, i break it down i break yeah. it down for the people this week this is why that's why i fuck with you jl i might <laughs> i might disagree with you on everything else but uh you are one funny man that has a-rod's back and that's what's important here mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> all right guys we'll be back tomorrow with nick jew from what's the tea uh, until then i love you i love you too Mwah. and chat room